This is the Patriots pregame show presented by Duncan. Looks down the middle, throws it, caught by Henry at the two, fights away from the tackler, and runs to the end zone, and spikes it for a Patriots touchdown! The Patriots pregame show is the world's largest virtual tailgate, featuring fans of the six-time Super Bowl champion New England Patriots. Fires down the middle for Bourne, reaches up, extends, runs to the end zone, between two defenders, touchdown, Patriots! Hardy, Mike Dassault, Paul Perillo, and Tamara Brown are here to do the grilling as your host. This week, the Patriots are on the road against the Carolina Panthers. James White cuts it under the red arm, cuts it upfield, driving forward, diving to the yes! goal line! It's still a touchdown! It's and a title for the Patriots! It. I can't believe it! Hardy, Mike Dassault, Paul Perillo, and Tamara Brown are here to get you ready for the game. It's football time, fellas. Let's get into it. Now, live from our studios inside Gillette Stadium, Patriots Nation, welcome to the Patriots pregame show presented by Duncan. Well, Tamara and I are in a fight. That's uh, breaking news here from Foxborough. Welcome into the uh, Patriots pregame <laughs> social. Wow. Fueled by Duncan. I was unaware. It's already hot. It's already hot in here. That's, uh, got, it got heated. Got heated here quickly. Apparently, talking to text is something that does not <laughs> sit well with Tamara Brown, so <laughs> I'm going to do it a lot. I think it's... Is my mic on? Is this thing on? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think it's more so... I hear people talk on speakerphone in public. Oh. It drives me nuts. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> See now we're starting off early. <laughs> well, I, I agree. Absolutely. I agree about the uh, oh. the loud the oh. loud cell phone conversations mm-hmm. in public in general. Speakerphone, whatever. Like you're on the, you're on a cell phone doesn't mean like you have to talk at an exceptionally mm-hmm. loud level, right? I get annoyed at people when I'm out walking my dog and somebody is having a conversation like on an otherwise empty street mm-hmm. wearing the earbuds oh. or something like that i don't care for that either no. that bugs me no it, it does but i like when you do your talk to text because it's not really there's no inflection it's just kind of like yes the consensus here period was that we should probably <laughs> comma ask them if they should <laughs> i do appreciate that he has complete sentences though with <laughs> with the pronunci- pronunciation and punctuation and punctuation it's like period comma yeah. space right do you get ellipses on the, on the talk to text? Does that work? I I, I, do you say ellipses? Because <laughs> I, I would question. like to do that sometimes. <laughs> um, this is a little-known piece of trivia. The first person to ever talk to text, Tony Maserati. Mm. At least first person I ever saw do it. And if you want a good time, listen to Maz, just or listen to him speak in general. Oh, but te- sp- speaking to his phone. His father. Like, when he texts his father, it's worth the price of admission. It's Tell awesome. him I will yeah. be there at <laughs> yeah. 8.30 p.m. <laughs> period. <laughs> Sorry, comma. <laughs> I've honestly, I've honestly <laughs> never done talk to text. What? It, okay, don't knock it till you try it. So I do will, you ever text in the car? Yes. But uh, what I will say, uh, I like sending voice messages. Those are cool. Those are oh. obnoxious. <laughs> I've only done this by accident. <laughs> oh, my accident. God. I can't believe we're off the rails <laughs> three minutes into uh, I'm show. sorry. Did you want to talk about the game? <laughs> we will. I mean, we got two hours. But, Tamara, do you leave voicemails when you call people? No. Okay, because mm-hmm. that I am completely I hang on. up. As soon as it gets to the voicemail, it, hang it, up. Yeah, it would have to be something of, like, great importance exactly for me to leave a voice and i don't listen to him either no i'll read the transcript and even if it doesn't make any sense i'm like i get the general idea exactly (laughs) well usually you see they call (laughs) you'll know to call them i feel like that's what we have text for it's like they call you call they don't answer you text them like yeah call me back if it's something very important that i need you know 
Like I need someone to meet me somewhere or whatever, and I know that's it. Right, but uh, very that's clear. Yep. I see the long one. I'm like reading it. It's like mom hospital. I'm like, oh boy. Okay, <laughs> I get it. I'll call her. <laughs> right. you know? All right. Uh, preseason game number two tonight. So uh, starters, huh? Yeah. Got us. Well, I hope so. I mean, I I was holding out hope that we would see some starters last week, and we certainly didn't on the offense. A couple on the D, but uh, tonight some offensive starters. And I want to get to that, uh, and also we'll get to our keys to the game here very quickly, but is is there any chance any of the nonsense and tomfoolery and shenanigans that we saw earlier in the week spills over into the game tonight? There has to. I hope, not. I I hope not. not either. But I, there's, I think there's always there's a possibility. possibility but yeah. didn't I, sound like any of the Panthers are playing. So yeah, <laughs> like I don't. I don't really think. <laughs> I, I I don't. I, I I'm saying that like yeah. only half in jest. I if their starters aren't playing, those are the guys that were fighting. Yeah, and I would have to say that the guys who are playing tonight for Carolina, those are the guys that are trying to make the roster. So I feel like you need to make most of every single rep you have out there and not be sent to the locker room. Right. This isn't. Uh, yeah. You're not getting called up from the IHL and you're not going to go out there and, and fight to Still get the goons. coach's attention. Still goons in football. No. Goons. no. All right. Goons. So um, let's get to the keys to the game, shall we? Why did you leave the keys up on the table? You wanted to. You've waited all week for it. The whole team's in the locker room right now just listening to this, waiting to hear what you're going to say. Without these keys, the Patriots are destined and doomed to fail. Here are Hardy, Paul, Mike, and Tamara's keys to the game. Why did I steal your key to the game also? Uh, you have the key. You have the right one. Without these keys, the Patriots are doomed, destined to fail. So that's why they're listening in the locker room right now ahead of tonight's uh, kickoff, 7 o'clock. See, Tamara's never heard my stock lines before. She's this is great. They're working again. They're making you feel pretty good about it. Uh, we're not in a fight anymore. All right. So uh, keys to the game. Polly, Paul, you want to lead us off? Yeah. Uh, it's going to be very similar to what I had last week before I realized that no one was playing at all. Yeah. Um, I think they need to get some of the offensive guys onto the field and, and get some rhythm offensively, have some success. And I think it's even uh, more important because, you know, some, you know Matt Rule said it's going to be third stringers out there. So, like, you really need to have some success uh, when you're playing against lesser personnel on the other side. I think it's, um, you know, for, for all aspects, I'd, I'd like to see better pass protection, better, better line play. I'd like to see a little bit of production running the ball and, most importantly for me, it always starts and ends with the passing game. I'd like to see Mac establish some rhythm. Okay. I think rhythm would be a good thing, and especially Rhythm's as you said. Well, I, against it's the twos dancer. and threes. <laughs> There's the Boston. Samarita kind of likes when I throw the Boston. I was calling him the Panthers last <laughs> Oh, that's good. That's nice. I mean, if they don't, it's it's akin to, you know, Red Sox getting beat by the Pirates last night. You can't, yeah. you know? And I'm not saying you have to win the game. But when your first unit is out there against the second and third string guys from the from the Panthers defense, I, you better be able to move the ball. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's a fair ask. Uh, Tamara, what is your key to the game? Be disciplined. I think kind of what we were just talking about with the fighting carrying over into tonight's game. I'm hoping that all of that is left left in the joint practices because I think that with the starters playing tonight, they're not going to be in the entire game. And so while they're in there, I want them to be disciplined on both sides so that we can actually see something, see if the offense has found their rhythm, see if, you know, maybe the offensive line can, can find some consistency in there, even with the guys who are probably still out. I don't know if we have any status on Isaiah Wynn or anything yet. But um, I, doubt play, yeah. I, I, I just, I'm hoping that, all of the pettiness is left in yesterday and that there can be actual football played tonight. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's a good one. I, thi- I think it's important. I wouldn't rule it out, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, these 
there was some genuine dislike developing between these two sides. It wasn't all just posturing. It mm-hmm. wasn't all just immediately reacting, I think, to plays. I think there was – but some of those guys from the Panthers' side, as we said, may not even be on the field tonight. So, all right, we'll see what yeah. happens. Deuce, what is, your, what is your key? <laughs> well, I, I have to say I think, I think Paul has the key. So I, I saw Paul jump on that one. So I know Hardy was calling me out on the radio today, which – wasn't I didn't appreciate that I quite did. frankly didn't appreciate I, I did it very much uh, but no I, I I said get the ground game going and, uh, and the reason for that the reason for that let me let me uh, let me elaborate let me speak uh, I, I, certainly everything Paul said is right and you guys are right you need Mac and the offense just generally to be better I just feel like I've seen moments through training camp where the passing game looked pretty good there have been moments throughout training camp all right that's it that's a Patriots play I haven't seen that for the running game at all so. Mm-hmm. I just want to see a couple plays where it's starting to look like they can run the ball a little bit. I know it's not. It's preseason and all that, yada, yada, yada. But I just I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen any real success in the running game. I haven't seen any consistency in the running game. We've been talking about you know Damian Harris going into a contract year, Ramondre Stevenson having a breakout year. They've been quiet in camp. So i just like to get them going, see some, see some action, see the, you know, some of this wide zone stuff, see them get out in space and, and block it and maybe hit a couple creases. As you said, it's third stringers, but it's just the only thing I haven't seen from the offense this year, and, and I think that's, that would give me a little bit more excitement, confidence going in as the overall offense. <laughs> go ahead. All right, go that's ahead. Good. That's it. That's my case. I'll give you this. I'll give you this. I would like to see it for Damian Harris to see if he can run in that wide zone scheme because he is generally considered to be, correct me if I'm wrong, a bit of a downhill guy. Not necessarily the sure. the type that can or has had to it in the in the past run with this type of scheme. Yep. Having said that, don't, please don't, please don't, <laughs> please don't make this a, a ground and pound game. The clock moves faster when you're oh, running a lot. Yeah, I'll take I'll, I'll take it if they have <laughs> success with it. They want to run for 220 right. yards tonight. I'll go. take that. We're out. We're out about 9:30. I was Look. gonna I was gonna Post say game show <laughs> kickoff at about 9:41. Oh my god! You know what? See, I if I just gone with that from the get go, you would have been like, you know what, Deuce? That's a great key, actually. I change like it. my key. No, I I do want them to air it out tonight. I want to see if the one thing that has been working for the Patriots offensively, just a handful of times, and there hasn't been much that's been working for them offensively throughout camp, but some nice connections, some nice hookups. Between Mac Jones and Aguilar, yeah, you know yeah. some consistency, just yeah. a little bit of something. Give me a, a Devontae Parker, whoever's going to play tonight, mm-hmm. right? Give me something that shows me that that is going to be something we can we can look for again in weeks one and two, and have that be something to kind of hang our hats on here for the next couple of weeks. Because who knows? Who knows what it's going to be like in Vegas? Yeah. I don't know what the third preseason game means now. Be hot. It's is it. Is it like the old uh, preseason week three? Well, I could give you one of those, uh, you know, poly rants like that. You know, I don't really understand exactly what's happening. So <laughs> I saw I saw Greg Bedard had a tweet today, and I, I thought it made a lot of sense when, when you sort of step back and you look and you're like, hmm, I wonder what they are trying to accomplish. So last week, the starters weren't going to play against the Giants, and the, and the thought process was, well, it's the joint practices. The joint practices are the important thing. So the joint practices are next week. And, you know, we have the joint practices. But now the starters are going to play this week. Mm-hmm. They have joint practices next week. Mm-hmm. So I guess those joint practices aren't, aren't as important as the ones last week or this week. And then I started to think, and, and Greg just kind of wrote the facts. It's like, well, so last week... The starters didn't play against the Giants. While the Giants had clearly made it uh, public, Brian Dable had said heading into the week that the starters would play. Now, they didn't play a lot, but they did play. Um, Now, this week, 
Matt Rule unequivocally said Wednesday, I think, when I listened to him a little bit, that you know it'd be all twos and threes. His starters won't play, and now your starters are playing. Like, is the goal? And Greg didn't write this, but that he just wrote the facts that starters played against the backups last week. The backups played against the other team's starters. The inference that I draw is: is that intentional? Did he did you know, like he clearly knew going in who was going to be playing? Was it some part of his his plan? I'm not criticizing. I'm just wondering if it was part of his plan. Well, I'll, I mean, like I, I, again, I'm just stating the facts. Right, and I won't criticize it either. But I don't necessarily understand the benefit. Maybe he's looking to get his guys some confidence. Is that what the Panthers are here for? You know what? We should ask I, somebody. I don't from, know. We should ask somebody from the Panthers. Really? What, we are, the, should, what are the Panthers? We know? should go behind oh. enemy lines. Oh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> you know the view from New England. We go I'm behind enemy lines. But what about the view right from now. the other side? And that's why you're our favorite uh, pregame show uh, guest yeah. here every year. You guys know you tell everybody that. Oh, yeah. I was on with you guys in 2018, Thursday Night Football. Yep. And I was told I was the favorite guest of the show. <laughs> nope. No. Time now <laughs> to go behind enemy lines. My God, it's coming right for us. And uh, here she is, Augusta Stone, on Twitter, at Augusta L. Stone. Yes, absolutely. Augusta uh, L. Stone, yes. Nice to meet you. Hardy, Mike Dussault, I don't know if you've met anyone here. You and Tamara Hello. seem like you're fast friends. So <laughs> I, I don't know. know. Tamara knows everybody. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No, great that's, to be here. That's Paul. Everyone knows Paul. That's, old, that's old guy. <laughs> um, uh, from uh, Panthers.com. Yes, sir. So uh, what did you make of this week of practice? Entertaining. Um, not what we're accustomed to seeing here in terms of just the number of dust ups here. Is that par for the course in Carolina? Is that what you're? Uh, is that is that what you're kind of used to there? We're not, we're not really we're not used to that. <laughs> it's a tough first question. No, I think you know. I was told so. I this is I will say I got to Carolina in June, so I'm relatively new to being with the Panthers. Um, they told me you know coming in they were like it happens in joint practices. They will get you know up in each other's faces. I think there was some there were some scuffles in training camp down in Spartanburg, South Carolina, just between the Panthers versus the Panthers. So. Um, I think emotions were pretty high. It was pretty intense. I think also um, they didn't have to battle with the weather as much. It's so nice up here. <laughs> so when you think about it, you know, I mean, I guess they have that added energy to be a little bit more frisky. But, yeah, it was it was interesting. Every day we had something. It was either either fields. It was the defensive fields on Tuesday, offensive fields for the Panthers on uh, Wednesday. So, it was interesting, though. Every time the whistles blew, the beep, 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 we're all uh, standing. I'm like, oh, is we got another one? We it was chippy. One? It was yeah. chippy for it sure. Was. What, uh, I know, as, as Paul was mentioning, Matt Rule said starters probably aren't going to play tonight. What are you kind of looking for? I know P.J. Walker going to start. Anything else you're, you're kind of have your eye on in terms of guys trying to make a push? I think a lot of people are really interested in seeing Matt Corral. I mean, we saw him in the fourth quarter uh, at Washington, so he didn't get as much playing time as I think some of the fans on my Twitter at least would have been like, where's Matt Corral? Why aren't we seeing more Matt Corral? It's going 50-50 exactly in the quarters. So first and third are P.J. Walker's second and or Matt Corral's. Now, the reasoning behind that was given to us is like basically they're trying to get both of them in that backup mentality. So always be ready. We're going to throw you out there and be ready to go. So I think that's the philosophy behind it. Um, but for me personally, I am excited to see Matt Corral. I mean, he did not look great against Washington. He looked like a rookie. I think that was a huge part of it. But you had those moments, you know, like when his helmet got ripped off. I don't know if y'all saw that. But gets his helmet ripped off and his eyes are just completely locked in on down the field. So he's like very focused and in a good mental place. So I'm excited to see him out there getting some more reps and just seeing both of them get, you know, more comfortable, I think. Yeah. 
Tamara, do you have a uh, question for your new friend here? <laughs> I love when I can bring up my Virginia Tech guys. It's always just oh my favorite part of the show. <laughs> um, Barno, rookie defensive end. I saw that was in your article for things to watch. You know, he's one of those guys who had a great game last week against the Commanders. You know, what are we looking at today, you know, as he's hoping, you know, to make the roster? Exactly. No, he's disruptive. I was so impressed. He was one of those players, I think, in camp that kind of went overlooked. We weren't talking about him a lot, you know, and then he comes out against the Commanders and he looks great. You know, he's getting in everybody's face. He's forcing turnovers and he's just, I think he's one of those guys who's really kind of uh, learning quickly, mm-hmm. he's sort of picking up at a very high pace for a rookie. So he's definitely one of them. That I just think he has that that kind of game switch in him. Um, so yeah, no, I was super excited to see Barno, and I think he's one of those guys that that you should be like on the lookout for, especially when they're looking for defensive depth. Yeah, I, when I when I saw you got drafted pretty late, I was like, you know, he's going to be a catch for somebody. I know he's a late round pick, and I know that he wasn't on the top of a lot of people's list, but I think that he's going to be you know something to look out for in today's game exactly and if there's anything that the Panthers are looking for it's uh defensive line depth I mean you know that's something you're hearing ad nauseum right now they're like sign a pass rusher sign a pass rusher um I think Barno's a good a good learn I think he's a good start there um so I mean you know everyone's so looking for a vet but I mean develop that guy I don't see why not you talked a little bit about Matt Corral and he's one of the young guys are there you know a few others that uh, maybe we will see tonight that you know maybe Patriots fans should to keep an eye on? I think one of them that I want to talk about, another SEC guy, I came from the SEC as well, so I have had my eyes on some of these guys Where in the SEC? Mm-hmm. I went to the University of Georgia. Oh, yes. go dogs! All yes. right, so we'll have a separate show later <laughs> with Augusta and, 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 and TB, and, and we'll, you know, just, you know, we'll figure out uh, the scraps uh, based off of the SEC talk. Uh, well, no, let, the, let the SEC people talk about their real college football while those of us who How much have. better is the SEC than, say, like the last five teams in the NFL? You know, you know. I was gonna say. I thought. I thought you were gonna say in the in the Big Ten because I'm Michigan State guy, and they're like people say like Hardy Michigan State looking good this year. I'm like until they play one of the SEC teams (laughs) and then they get exposed for being slow. That well, like slow, fraudulent, bad at football. I mean, give it a name. I mean, that was a little. So Paul, Paul, I would love to see like last year's Georgia team versus like Jacksonville. You know Jacksonville will win that game like fifty to two. <laughs> 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 like I make the joke about like how good the SEC is. Same thing. Same thing. Pros. Yeah, <laughs> college hoops. Same thing. It's it's. Yeah. I mean, it's totally different. However, it is so next level. SEC is a pair. Just just take that you're so much better than the rest of college football. Oh, yeah. Just take it. Exactly. Just take it. You know, exactly. live it is on top that. Heavy, though. Live on that. It's top heavy. Yeah, it is. The conference. It is because you still have the Vandy's and mm-hmm. you know Florida, right Missouri, now. Florida's Auburn, been down. whatever's going down on over down. On there. Rocket shots at Auburn. I do. I'll take them all day long. You never got to your question. I did. I Just some of the younger guys that. Um, oh, uh, oh, yes. Like Shy Smith oh, was a guy that Mike and I watched a lot during yep. the course of the week. We, he kind of popped to us a little bit. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. And that's another SEC guy, South Carolina, which is where there I was before I took this job. Um, but I was going to say an offensive lineman. I was going to say Cade Mays. Cause hey, you lost he, me. I don't pay he, attention. He, <laughs> I'm, telling, I'm telling you right yeah. now. There's somewhere that the Panthers are going to be looking for depth. It's at center right now. That Bradley Bozeman, another. Oh, yeah. He went down SEC the other day. Yeah, right. he went down. Yep, and and See, I, I was I, watching Mike. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what I like about Cade Mays is he was another late round draft pick, but he is so versatile. They'll work him at all five positions, and they were working him at center some in practice and I was like huh this could be like you know his way of making the roster and I'm just excited to see one where they put him 
to what he does. I like watching the offensive line. Though, I'm not going to lie; those are some of my favorite combinations to watch. <laughs> That's cool. So yeah, <laughs> we should have I Evan come. <laughs> <in>. <laughs> <laughs> Evan, Evan, yeah. and Augusta could I talk about the offensive yeah. line play. I could have used you last week when it was my job to watch the offensive line in game <laughs> one. We came in and said, "What'd you see?" Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I watched the ball. I, I don't know. I watched the. I <laughs> oh, I <laughs> and if it. I watch out TV, I watch where the camera takes <laughs> me. <laughs> can, I, can I ask? Can I ask one, one more? Could you wait? Could you give your uh, opinion at what you saw this week of Mayfield and, and Sam Darnold? That kind of competition, how it's been playing out? I totally will. I totally will. I mean, I will say, if you're watching the rep distribution, it is 50-50. It is a competition. Yep. You know, I mean, you'll see them. I think you guys saw it up here. They will change whatever drill they're doing, repping them. They'll get the work done. Um, I think Baker Mayfield, the work he's been able to do, he's been in the offense now for like three and a half weeks, I think. You know, he got the playbook two weeks before training camp started, and he's looking extremely comfortable. When I say someone's a quick learn, I mean, Baker Mayfield is a quick learn. So I think that's very impressive because going into the competition, at least in my mind, I was like, okay, so Sam Darnold, his real kind of asset here is that he's been with Ben McAdoo now since OTAs through everything. So you're throwing Baker in all at once. And a guy like Baker who just has the moxie, the ability to learn quickly, and the ability to already win over his teammates, that's awesome. At the same time, Sam Darnold is consistent. He's a great teammate. Players love him. So there's benefits to both. Um, I think they both played well. I will say that first day, the offense kind of, you know, especially the quarterbacks, they didn't look sharp. I mean, the Patriots secondary is, is trouble. It's trouble, and I think they saw that. Um, but we saw them lock in, get a little bit more comfortable. Um, you know, won't be seeing them tonight. But, uh, I mean, it's it's a competition. They'll tell you that. We don't know. Yeah, so. seems like Baker, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was a report yeah. that uh, oh, I think it was done. from The Athletic. Yeah. I'm not sure who The Athletic mm-hmm. writer is. Joe Person. Joe Person. Yep. Yeah. I, I actually mm-hmm. did know that. I saw that on, on, the, Twitter. Short, I saw it on the Twitter machine. And I, and I did notice <laughs> in Person. Matt Rule's press conference, he said, you know, we're not just winging it. We do have a plan in place. Right. And out of respect of both guys, like, we don't want to speak too much on it. So, I mean, it, it's, it's hard to gauge on number of reps mm-hmm. in camp because, you know, we've seen reps spread around here. But there is zero question as to who yeah. the starter is going to be. I do have one quick question about uh, coaching on the defensive side. It looked like Phil Snow, the defensive coordinator, was getting into it with Belichick a little bit during one of those dust-ups. Come to find out, do you know who Phil Snow's uh, nephew is? Dustin Pedroia, <laughs> former Red Sox player. Bit wow. of a hardo, <laughs> bit of a bit of a guy who kind of like uh, with a little chip on his shoulder. Yeah, but yeah, just uh, so uh, d- anything on Phil Snow is he is he a fiery guy? Is he? Uh he definitely has some fire in him. I actually didn't notice that or see that, so this is kind of news to it me. Was I'm not no going to lie to you. No one else noticed it yeah, either, which <laughs> means it may not have happened. <laughs> but no, I mean, you know. Yeah, I made up a story about <laughs> Phil Snow, a guy I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know him if he walked in the room now. I looked him up afterward because I spotted him through my field glasses. Oh, huh? oh. Binos? Oh. Yeah. Field glasses, Marine Matt. <laughs> not binoculars. Field glasses. And I said, who is that guy, John, with Belichick? That's like kind of heated after huh. it was one of the dust-ups on Tuesday on yeah. the far field, mm-hmm. the one furthest away from the bleachers. Yeah. And I said, oh. And I start looking him up, and then people are telling us on our show. It's like, 
oh yeah that's pedroia's uncle big shock that he's out there you know getting into it over <laughs> nothing i'm like oh okay well so. i'll tell you if there's anybody setting the tone on that defense they're a fiery group yeah fiery group like they they are just constant energy constantly just so if there's anybody setting the tone for that kind of energy it is phil snow that wouldn't surprise me any at all all right well yeah. i think it's as much about the offense from the patriots getting frustrated throughout camp and if and if one unit was going to get into it with another it makes sense that it was the pats offense you know with whatever defense was here but it, even more so if they're fiery they are perfect word uh, uh, go ahead i Tamara. was gonna say um one thing i did notice is the players talking to matthew judon after i think the first day um brian burns just really taking the opportunity to like learn from the uh, patriots you know better and i thought that was really interesting exactly exactly i mean and Brian Burns is one of those guys, one of the most genuine, first of all, one of the most genuine people I've ever met, I think. So he is the kind of guy that when you go up and you want to, you know, kind of break bread with somebody and, and just kind of get to know things, he is the kind of guy that's going to do that, which I think kind of helps elevate Brian Burns, you know, from the pa- Panthers' perspective into that that uh, star-level role. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Like he's so willing to learn. He's so willing to listen. Uh student of the game kind of guy mm-hmm. i love brown burns he's a good yeah. guy nice I, guy i was like for 40 <laughs> minutes after the first joint practice they just stood up in yeah. the, like stood out there and talked yeah. and, I, and like, I did wow. notice like the last day wednesday the last two minute drill which was a lot of the younger players like kind of opportunity portion and brian burns and matt judon were behind the offense the whole time like the last probably like 20 25 minutes of practice just the two just of them. Pass rush and this talk. was after, you know, several fights, <laughs> se- you know, several uh, periods where, you know, the sides were, were heated and they're, they're talking. And, and then it all ends with, you know, that um, the military ceremony yeah. that mm-hmm. we had with Joe Cardona yeah. and both teams, you know, 180 guys are all together now. <laughs> you guys have nice. been fighting constantly for two days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was good that they were able to sort of say, all right, you know, that that's on the field and this is off the field. And yeah, it was good. It's a good end to the. A contentious couple of days. Well, mm-hmm. hopefully that's the end of it, and we just get some, uh, you know, some 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 football, tonight. some football tonight. I was going to say game, but whatever. Some yeah. fu- football, football is a good way of saying yeah. it. Yeah, football. Yes. Yeah, that's what we're looking for. Augusta, thanks so much for coming in. Of course. Thanks for having me, guys. This was super fun. Very nice to meet you. <laughs> Panthers.com at Augusta L. Stone on Twitter. That is a soap opera name. Oh, Augusta Stone. Thank L. You. L. Stone. L. Well, L is my middle name. It's my middle initial. My middle name is Lee. So I'm Augusta Lee Stone. Augusta L Stone is my, gotcha. my Twitter handle. So yeah, gotcha. Thank y'all. Thanks, Appreciate Augusta. It. Appreciate <laughs> it. I love when our guests come in studio. It makes it's so much better. It's so much better. Much yeah, much better. Much, much better. Yes. It is. So cool. <laughs> um, you know, I, I'm glad that we get a chance to talk about Baker Mayfield here for just a moment because the the cautionary tale I think that you could talk about with Baker Mayfield relates to. Mac Jones, because Baker Mayfield had a very impressive rookie year. Yeah. Did he fall off a little bit in his second year? Yeah. So this is the thing that I always think about when people are talking about Mac Jones. It's like, okay, well, Pats, I made the playoffs last year, but next year, you know, Mac will be back and Mac will be better. And I just, I always kind of raise my hand. I mean, like, are we sure? Are we certain of that? And now you compound that with a new offense and new guys coaching him up. Yeah. I don't think Mac is bad in any way shape or form he hasn't shown me anything in camp that would indicate to me he's done anything but work in the offseason and get better but it's not uncommon and with baker mayfield in here tonight it should serve as a reminder that sometimes guys fall off in their second year yeah when i think you would hope that i mean all this talk of the offensive change why did they do it we're trying to simplify it we hope that they're trying to 
play to max strengths. We've talked a lot, you know, on the various shows about trying to go back to some of the Alabama stuff that they did, RPO stuff that Mac was very successful with. So I, I, I'm hopeful that this whole, you know, thing that they're trying to do with the offense will pay off and will, you know, help Mac avoid, you know, falling into to, to that kind of rut. Um, but it's not going to be easy on him. It's, 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 you know, some turnover. And, I mean, he's lucky that he has, you know, his guys kind of back that he played with for the most part from last year. So I think that continuity, at least in personnel, helps a little bit. But I think there are some questions, and there might be some growing pains early on. But the hope is at the long range it's, it's going to be a better reset for him, you know, to build around what he does and create an offense around what Mac Jones does. Yeah, and to your point, Hardy, you know, it, it, you know how it can be dangerous to just pencil in stuff. You know, either way, either way. Yeah, you know, yeah, we're just yeah. going to pencil in they're changing things and I, I don't necessarily know if that's the best thing for him he didn't seem he doesn't really seem happy about it I mean this was the last time we heard from him I thought was by far the most optimistic tone that he struck Wednesday after practice I thought he sounded more like the guy that we saw most weeks last year where you know everything was 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 groovy you know um, but earlier in camp it there seemed to be sort of a you know a frustration and a reluctance with what they're doing so I don't know maybe it's taken him some time but to your point yeah I think it's you can look from afar and say well they should be better you know Mac Jones rookie quarterback you he did well he should be better but should you just get better just by you know so you get experience and you just automatically better because if that were the case his season didn't go that way like he played his worst football at the end right you know, down the stretch, he, he you know, it looked like you kind of got tired a little bit and worn down probably mentally the, and physically. Yeah, the rookie wall, right? R- rookie wall. <laughs> you know, normal, but normal kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. But, like, if it was just as easy as, well, he's in year two now, so he's, he's better, then everybody would be better in year two. <laughs> right. And and that's not the way it works. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I think it's – I think camp has been a struggle offensively, in, you know, and uh, for him. I, I don't think that he has been as sharp – at times in camp as he was, I thought, last year. And, and you know, I, I think part of that is last year, everything he did, Mike, you and I would be like, wow, that's pretty good for a rookie. He's a rookie. <laughs> you know, it's pretty good. You know, and, Plus, and in contrast to Cam Newton. Well, like <laughs> that too. That too. And, and I, I kept making the point, remember, all last summer, I was like, everything looks the same. Yeah, like, if you're, you, watch, if, you yeah. watch Cam Newton, you watch Mac Jones. Cam Newton's in, like, year 10 or 11, and Mac Jones is a rookie, and, and I can't tell the difference. And I thought that was a huge check mark in Mac Jones's, you know, corner. Yeah. Well, now I think it's like, well, to your point, Hardy, oh, let's well, Mac Jones. He's going to lead us to the Super Bowl, you know. And Mac Jones, year two, this year two jump, you know. Here we go, and kind of looks similar to the guy we saw last year. So I, I don't know. We'll see what happens when games count, you know, a month from now. But yeah, I think you can get in trouble when you just sort of pencil in stuff without and a little flavor tonight. Knowing. I mean, it'll be good to get to see him tonight. It's as much as you say, oh, the joint practices are valuable and kind of live. Uh, it's not, not until you actually get out there yeah. and there's tackling. And I, and I will promise you tonight I will not overreact to anything I see. I promise you. I, you know, he could be on the good list. He could be on the bad list because we have to break down the game. That's right. neither here nor there. I'm, I'm not going right. to tell you that any of that means anything for so I'm September be all 11th. All is lost or all is fine. No, just, I promise you I will not be everything. <laughs> he's, on the, he's going to the Super Bowl. I promise yeah. you. Or, well, or, he, he, could or, go, he could go 20 for 20 for yeah. 300 yards and four touchdowns <laughs> in his, in his four, four drives, and I'm not going to tell you 
Oh, there you go. There's the year two jump. I promise you I won't do that. We'll get to see him tonight, but if Deuce has his way, we'll get to see no, him just right. handing the ball off constantly. <laughs> Don't get, get him that, hurt. Get Don't that get run hurt. game going. Don't get him hurt. Oh, let's see the run game. <laughs> I didn't hear you complaining last year when Ramondre Stevenson bust off that 97-yard run. That was pretty fun, right? Right? Yeah. Right? Was it preseason? Yeah. It was so fun that I have no recollection of it whatsoever. <laughs> oh, you guys. <laughs> that I don't believe. <laughs> That's select preseason game? I couldn't tell you anything that happened in a preseason game. Down the sideline? Wow. Okay. Hey, let's go to the phones. Okay. 877-PATS-500 here on the Patriots pregame social. We'll go to Calvin, which is my son's name, and it's his birthday today, but I don't think this is my son. Calvin in Washington, (laughs) what's going on? Dad? What's going on, guys? Great to be on the show talking to you guys. You too. Not my son. It it took me a second (laughs) to decide. You're not my son. You're not my son. Give me back my son. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Calvin. Oh, um, I just had a question about Jalen Mills. I just wanted to know how comfortable Pat Nation should feel with him being our best overall cornerback. Yeah. I mean, he's been playing playing very well, very well. I mean, it's uh, we did a thing today, roundtable of everybody, you know, who's been your best player from Panthers camp, and, and Mills was pretty much universally them. I, I mean, I, I, I think it's great that some of these second-year guys are making the jump. I just, it's, it's, it's going to be a challenge for him this year. It's the, the murderer's row of receivers keep bringing it up over and over again. Um, so he's got to, he's going to have to be on his game all year long and the challenges are going to start hard and they're going to stay hard throughout the year. I think we'll have a pretty good idea. Maybe next week after Las Vegas, just him practicing up against Devonte. I think that that's going to be Maybe maybe some give us some good good insight on where yep. he is. Yeah. Um, he definitely looked incredible this week um, going up against DJ Moore, but you know he'll have some bigger wide receivers to face right. next week. What what, what were you so um, exhausted? Uh, no, well, anybody? Deuce's uh, potty mouth just like sticks out to me all the time. What did I say? Uh, it's too late now. Oh. The moment's the moment's <laughs> the moment's I got gone. You. I know what it is. I got you. The moment's gone. Cal- um, uh, I, I have an interesting Calvin. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Oh, yeah, yeah, you guys have a great day. Thanks, Thanks you Calvin. Uh, interesting tweet from Phil Perry um, that he throws out there, just talking about, you know, just sort of watching the Patriots wide receivers tonight. Um, and he says he's been told that the Patriots have heard from teams looking for uh, wideouts, looking to deal for, for wideouts. Oh, don't take Jacoby. He, um, he says the sense he got that is that even though Kendrick Bourne has had a slow camp, his team-friendly deal would help him stick. Um, but we have talked, you know, throughout the offseason about – the possibility of one of those veterans, uh, you know, Myers and Aguilar like la- last year were their one deal. A little heavy. Um, you know, Bourne has not been overly involved in, in camp. So maybe that's, a, you know, based on the way that Tyquan Thornton has looked at times in camp, like he could fill a role. Maybe you have a surplus there. Maybe you look to, to deal one of them. I just, I could make an argument to not trade any of those guys. And, you know, you I said, would like that. You said, I would like that. You said Bourne. Um, he is the, he's the easy choice just in terms of, I mean, if Phil makes it sound like he has a team-friendly deal to stick, I mean, I w- might ask, well, wouldn't a team-friendly deal help him move? Right. I Guys want to pay for Aguilar? Like, right. he's not, like, like team-friendly deals help you not get cut. Right. So, But if you're looking to get traded, that increases your value. I just think they're paying Aguilar a bunch of money. He's been really good in camp. I mean, Parker has shown he does what he does, and, and I think he's good at it, and Mac trusts him. I mean, it kind of leaves you with Myers, who I think has been the most consistent guy, and you talk about doing things to make Mac – you know, comfortable. I, I mean, I think Jacoby Myers might be the re- the guy that he's the most comfortable with. So, I, I don't see an easy way to move any of those guys that that makes total sense right now. And I get wanting to play Thornton more, but I think moving any one of them is kind of a risk. Except for you know, just because Bourne hasn't had a great camp, maybe you can make the argument there. But any of those other guys, I, I don't know if I want to see any of those yeah, guys. I don't. Go. I don't. 
I totally agree with Mike. I think they have um, they have four or five good players there, and I don't think that there is a standout. But I think that you would weaken the group by taking one away. Well, and also you need a little bit more time to decide if there is going to be somebody who kind of emerges. You could make a case for I think four of the guys right now, or three of the guys right now, in terms of somebody that could show you something here in the next couple of weeks. I don't know who it's. Gonna and you be. know what happens? Like whenever you think, and Bill says this all the time, you know, depth in in August doesn't necessarily translate to depth in November. Right. I just Devontae always feel. Parker. I always feel like. You trade Kendrick Bourne, and then Devontae Parker pulls a hamstring. Right. You know, and I'll, like, oh, you know, suddenly we went from five to now we're down to three, and one of those is a rookie. And yeah, I, I just I, I would worry about that. How do you feel about the same thing when it comes to running backs? Because I read a report this week. Uh, I think it maybe was from Pro Football Focus that, like, it might be a, a good idea to trade Damian Harris at this point because of the reasons we were talking about earlier, not necessarily comfortable running in this scheme, really don't know yet. You have some other running backs. Would that be something anybody would consider? And I'll be the first to say I would not. Yeah. Mm. Well, can I answer it since I picked the running game that you so mocked me for? <laughs> I'll, I'll maybe I'll go first if you want to hear. It's a little, little butt hurt. A little, little, little bit. Little <laughs> a little, little angry about this situation. Uh, well, I mean, like I said, I, I haven't seen anything out of Strong or Kevin Harris. I mean, they seem like they're on their way for a redshirt year. So I think you really have kind of two backs right now that right. You, you probably trust between Stevenson and Harris. And Montgomery's going to be that passing down role. So it makes sense. In one, uh, you know, on paper to do what you did with Michelle going in the last deal, we got a little bit of a surplus. I'd feel better about that though if you'd seen something out of Pierre Strong already that you're like, all right, he could be a, a B running back to, you know, if Stevenson's ready to be the lead guy. So I don't know. And again, I just, you haven't seen anything out of the run game. So I don't know how we feel about it because they haven't really done anything. So it's hard to know if they're good or bad. Do you feel deep enough at either the receiver or the running back position, Amara, to you know, consider trading one of, uh, a player from either position group right now? No. I mean, it's tough. I feel like maybe after today, maybe we'll see Bourne show up today, but then it's like, does that really mean anything because he's playing against twos and threes? So I'm torn. I'm, I'm with really you. T- I'm really torn. I'm with you. I'd like to see how things look next week. Too. Yeah. I, I, I think Mike's point about Kevin Harris and Pierre Strong is the difference to me between this year and last year. I think that they had known at this point last year that Ramondre Stevenson – yeah. was ca- more than capable of filling a role because of his preseason touchdown run that I mentioned. <laughs> Everyone's still talking about it. Hey, j- Let me j- see if I can find this. this Just because I forgot it doesn't down. mean it didn't exist. Um, In my mind, that's no, exactly what it means. But I think on the practice field last summer, now Stevenson got out to a little bit of a slow start, um, but once he got on the practice field, you could see it right away, and I think they were convinced that he was the guy. Now, I think that Kevin Harris has potential, but I don't think he's at... Ramondre Stevenson's level this time last year by any means so for that reason I, I, I think I would hold on to, to Harris and you know, Damian Harris and Stevenson and let them be the one-two punch okay I found the touchdown yeah. 91 yards to the house thank you Tony. so you were wrong I found it or did I say 93 <laughs> <laughs> you were wrong no I didn't I Washington I, I, details when, when, when <laughs> he said <laughs> it I remembered it but like it's a preseason Mike's the only one that cares. It was amazing. Also, it because Mike, Mike just says, "Wow, isn't this great?" Like, you ever see anybody, everybody, anybody, like just? Oh, I'm sorry. I like a 92 yard touchdown. Just run. Sorry. 91. 
He he How far he, was it? He just he just <laughs> has to he just has to fluff everything up no matter what. By the way, I've never, so what, I've never fluffed once in my life. He's so genuinely happy about everything. Uh, you, you said a second time. I know. You said against Washington every time Augustus said the commanders. I'm like, "Who?" Exactly. What are you the name what are you is talking terrible. about? And I keep cu- whenever I do call him by that, I call him the commandos. <laughs> <laughs> I can't I like help myself. I don't and I'm not doing it as a goof. I, I mean like, like that it, better. I like I the commandos better. I don't like the name at all, so I'm just going to say You know Washington. what I like? Washington football team. I thought that worked. That grew on me. That yeah. did grow on me. It was cool. I think yeah. should have just kept it. Team. Uh, right. In all senses of the word. Cousin Patty, before we take a break. Cousin Patty, what's going on, buddy? Taking breaks? Yeah, what up, ladies and gentlemen? Hi. Hey, Patty. Uh, I'm glad that we're not really talking about the game. I'm with you, dude. <laughs> Hand the ball off, Mac, and don't get freaking hurt. <laughs> that's, that's all I right? kind of care about tonight. Um, and it's interesting that you guys are talking about possible trade scenarios. Uh, one thing I want to see, one thing that scares the living hell out of me is that right tackle position, just due to the inexperience of Yadnik Kajust and, and the um, unavailability, for a better lack, you know, lack of a better term, of Isaiah Wynn. Do you guys see them possibly build, because we know Bill's going to wheel and deal probably for some, you know, no-name guys before the season starts, but... Could you possibly see them bringing in like a legit guy to hold down that spot at right tackle? I mean, maybe if there was one. I, I mean, I think health is the big question right now. You're right with with win, and it's hard I to want know a how brand new feel. house. Yeah, <laughs> Marshall new house coming back in. Uh, I, I mean, I think there's as much question too along the interior. I don't, I don't, I don't know any of those guys who are going to stick behind the. I mean, is, are you going to bang the table right now for Will Sherman or? Drew Desjardins or Arlington Hambray. No, like, but I, I don't think, know who these guys are. But I think a guy like Newhouse, those kinds of players, that's what you're looking at acquiring now. Now, the Jets just signed Dwayne Brown like two weeks ago when they lost Becton. He, he was available, but he's also like 37. Wow. Uh, he's wow. old. Okay, 36 he, or 37. Yeah, he, yeah. So, you know, so that's why he was available. You know, great career. I don't know what he has left. But, you know, for the Jets' perspective, you know, you've you got a little desperation there. You bring in a guy that obviously knows how it's done. It's a better option than probably a guy like Newhouse. But I, I think that's what you're looking at is, is, is a stopgap guy. It's yeah, Wynn's got to get healthy, and I, I think Kajust or Haran have to, you know, step into that swing tackle role. Patty, good to hear from yeah, you, buddy. I'm hope- oh, you got more? I was just going to say, I'm hoping – I'm hoping a little bit more that it's Caduce Paul than, than Haran, because Haran, just from what I've gleaned, from what I've listened to uh, from you guys, it sounds like he's kind of struggled a little bit this this, this camp session, too. Yeah, they, they I mean, they've both been, been kind of up and down, I, but I think you're right. Caduce probably maybe a little bit more intriguing, but maybe just because we lo- know less about him. Yeah. All right, Patty. Thanks again. All right, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks. We're going to step aside for a moment here. Really? Uh, what? We oh, really? Not too long, I We hope. can yeah. Oh, nice. We're Give you permission. Thank you. Uh, you know who else gives me permission is Duncan. They're ready for you to fall hard. Get your fill of the fall with the pumpkin spice signature latte from Duncan or the pumpkin cream cold brew. Now three bucks for a medium. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. Patriot Place is the region's number one shopping, dining, and entertainment destination. Shop your favorites, including Vineyard Vines, Express, Olympia Sports, Petco, and more. Enjoy dining at one of our 19 restaurants, including Six String Grillin' Stage, Scorpion Bar, and Bar Louie. And don't forget about the entertainment. Explore your inner artist at Muse Paint Bar, watch a movie at Showcase Cinema Deluxe, or grab a controller and start gaming at Helix Esports. 
For a complete directory listing, please visit patriot-place.com. In sports, if you think joy only happens after you win, think again. Look at the world's most successful athletes like Serena Williams, Brooks Kepka, and Alex Morgan. They don't spend all their days grinding away. They take time to enjoy themselves, like getting together with friends over a Michelob Ultra, because they know that happiness is the key to winning and that joy is the whole game, not just the end game. Michelob Ultra, 95 calories, 2.6 grams of carbs. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Enjoy responsibly. AB Michelob Ultra Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. There's no season better than football season. And there's no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings, the official daily fantasy sports partner of the New England Patriots. To add to the thrill, DraftKings has millions of dollars in prizes up for grabs every week. So head to the app now and check it out. If you haven't tried it yet, fantasy football is easy to play. Just pick nine players, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for yards, touchdowns, receptions, and so much more. There's no better way to put your football knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at $1 million in total prizes. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code PATS to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes every week. That's promo code PATS to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes every week. Only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Some people are never content with simply being good. Not when they can be great. But it takes a big step to get there. In fact, it takes a leap of faith. A belief in what you're striving toward. And a willingness to make the commitment, day in and day out, to something bigger than yourself. Putnam is proud to partner with those who share their own commitment to performance excellence. This is Matt Light for Putnam Investments. A world of investing. Join the conversation by calling the Ace Ticket Hotline at 855-PATS-500 or email the show at webradio at patriots.com. We begin with Steve in New York. Please, let's start the season off right... Yes, he's the... No! Live from our studios inside Gillette Stadium, here's Hardy. Patriots pregame social. Tamara off to do... Tamara of grown-up things. I don't know. Duties. Yeah. Duties. Microphone, talking. Paula has his uh, flagship duties coming up here in about oh another my God. 35 minutes. What? <laughs> oh, you got a oh while. Oh, my God. Oh, you got a while. <laughs> it's like 40. It's yeah. 45 minutes. Yeah. Tamara, I don't know. So uh, we'll uh, take this time to talk to Nick in New York, and then um, I do want to touch on that Tom Brady story. Sure. I do. Can we do that? Yes. All right. But first, we'll talk to you, Nick. What do you got for us? Hey, guys. I'm just uh, curious what you guys are looking at at the uh, linebacker core this year and, uh, you know, what, what you're looking for in, in the game tonight. All right, so what are you looking at, Mr. Defense, over there from the linebackers? What has uh, what do you got your peepers peeled for tonight? What's popular yeah. in the ocular for one Mike Dusso? Well, we'll see who plays. I mean, uh, I'd like to see how it's all coming together with Raekwon McMillan and, and Bentley and Mac Wilson. Those seem like those guys are kind of kind of be the new trio. Um you know, Infernee Jennings a little bit more on the edge, but but him as well. You know, how how does he do? How do they how do they divide up the packages? You know, how is it how, is Bentley out there for three downs? Is is McMillan out there? How do they kind of spin the dial a little bit? So 
Uh, that's kind of been the primary group that they've been looking at. I don't know if Tavai will get much work, but he seems like he's you know on that next level. And I'm sure people want to see McGrone and, and see if he's starting to get anything. I don't think anybody has been too blown away with what he's done this summer as he recovers from an ACL. So yeah, those are my general my general linebacker thoughts. You got any linebacker uh, yeah. so- something uh, making your cornea hornea tonight, there, Paul? <laughs> no, um, not necessarily for tonight, but. I would just say, you know, I would reiterate what Mike talked about with, with McMillan and Bentley. Those have been the guys, um, as much as Fred wanted to yell at me last week, those have been the guys on, on the inside um, from from day one. I think that there's a chance that, you know, McMillan might be a little bit, you know, quicker um, and more mobile than like Hightower or Van Noy was uh, a year ago. And I think Mac Wilson has sort of emerged as a potential guy in sub packages that can absolutely run he's small um and I, I think these are the kinds these are the kinds of players i think we've been clamoring for the last year or two they have some of them here i don't know how good they are i don't know how much they've integrated in the system yet but i do think you see it you'll see a different style in that second level um come the regular season yeah. and i'm excited about that yeah. I've, been, I've been looking for i it. think you're right though that line we don't know how good they are and that i think is the question how many plays are these guys going to make you know i mean they've been in the league before i mean they've had you know some good games here and there but you know overall i think it needs to be better if the patriots defense is going to take a step those guys are our focal points is raekwon mcmillan married uh, i'm gonna say yes okay i don't know because if if you were to invite him and his spouse you would put them down on the guest list mcmillan as, and wife thank you okay Wow. That was a long we're way not, to Grandma's house. We're not that much older than Deuce. Millen I mean, I never watched it, but I, I, know, I, I, I know that it's a show. I couldn't even tell you one what, person that was on the show. McMillan and Wife. That was a show? That was a, show? That was a TV wow. show. Uh, Nick, thanks for the call. Thank you for not hanging up in the middle of that. All right. Um, just briefly here. Let's do it. I want to. Okay. Tom Brady, as we know, absent from uh, training camp for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, there have been various theories floated out there, starting from the very beginning. It's like, oh, hope no one in the family has fallen ill. Or there's any. Apparently, that you know that is not the case. We have been assured that it is nothing like that. So, um, was he dragged off to a couple's baby shower in Milan? Was it a, you know, was it something having to do with the TB12? Was he just filling the bucket? You know, the the life slash work balance. And then a theory popped up. As part of a Reddit thread today, which said what, Paul? <laughs> well, I have to say what 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 it's it like, said. I'll basically, it said that he was on the uh, Masked Singer. That yeah. he was appearing on the Masked Singer, which is taping right now. I love it. Okay, I, I think it's a great theory. I think it makes all the sense in the world. I mean, he retired. He signs a deal with Fox, right, to be the next big thing for three hundred plus so million dollars. Hey, as part of this brand synergy, throw the, us throw us a bone and come on the so Masked Singer. So he signs Singer. the contract. Now, they, they, they don't know when he's going to get voted off, so it's got to be kind of open-ended. Thank you. So th- See, there's that, no hard... But that's the part that I can't get past. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Because hasn't it been done? Like, I, it, like why... <laughs> what? I can't believe hasn't I what did been it. Done? I did it. I did it. I, I, I thought I wouldn't. You bit. And I did. I bit. What? I bit. I love the story because I love this kind of stuff, as you know. Right? What, uh, conspiracies? Um, conspiracy, tomfoolery. Sure. You know, Ballyhoo, whimsy, <laughs> right? No more Ballyhoo. <laughs> no more Ballyhoo. Um, yes, a bit I, more. I, I like it. I like the story. I like the fox angle of the story. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, it <laughs> but it's Tom Brady, okay? <laughs> In the okay. middle of the training so camp. <laughs> I get like if you know Harry Schmedlap 
was on The Masked Singer, and he made a commitment, and now we can't get out of it. So Tom Brady made a commitment to go on a show when he retired for 20 days or whatever many days it was. And then he unretired, and, he, and Tom Brady can't get out of his commitment. Like, that, I, 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 I want, I want to believe this. I like, I want to embrace it. I just can't. Like, my rationality is telling me okay. it can't possibly. But I'm, I don't want to throw cold water on it because no, it's no, too no, much no, no. fun. I it's too much fun. Damn I, it! I thought the same thing. Tom Brady is a list, okay? And I don't care if you're talking about the ESPY Awards or the Academy Awards. Tom Brady is an A-list celebrity. Him and Giselle, they are world famous. You know, you put them up there with any celebrities you want. I'm going to have to excuse myself in all seriousness. What? Where are you going? Yeah. Okay. So, Hit. all right. For Tom Brady to do something like this, you think, ah, it doesn't make sense. You're going to put him up there in the same ranks as some of the other people who have been on The Masked Singer. Tommy Chong, <laughs> Nick Lachey. Well, there's been some good ones, though. Jewel. There's been some, like, legends of music, hasn't there? I mean, I've watched a little bit of it, but, like, haven't they had, like, Anita Baker? I mean, they've had, like, some big, like, Gladys Knight. They've had, like, some big, big names. Gladys Knight is probably the, the closest thing to uh, royalty, I would say. But here's where I can bring you back around. Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown, Terry Bradshaw, mm-hmm. Rob Gronkowski. Right, oh. so it's all kind of been done, been there, done that a little bit. Is well, that, is no, that no, no, no. At? I'm saying like, oh no, legit football guys, Bradshaw and Rob Gronkowski are football A-listers. Okay, yep. So if those guys are going to do it, Tom Brady can do it. Also, hey Tom, we are giving you uh, a third of a billion dollars to sit there and talk football in a couple of years, maybe. You know. How about you throw us a bone, go on the mass, it'll be easy, it'll be fun, it'll help your brand. Uh, and what are the dates on that, guys? When would I have to be there? Eh, third week of August? Fourth week of August? <laughs> and everyone is approaching this like, well, Tom Brady wouldn't miss camp for that. You think Tom Brady wants to be in camp? You think he wants to be down in Tampa, in, in, in Florida, in the know. summer? No, he wants to be dressed up as like a giant bunny singing into a microphone right. in front of like B-list celebrities. Yes, like Ken Yang. What's his name? Ken. Especially <laughs> if it's if it helps seal the deal of that three hundred million dollar. Well, what if it I was ca- part of that deal? Like, what if it was written into as part of that huge deal that they negotiated and he signed it? And you know, I, I get Paul's point of can he just pull out of it? But what if it was part of the whole big thing and it's it's they'd have to redo the deal? And anybody who thinking it's somehow beneath them. Tom Brady is the same guy who's trying to sell you uh, a bathing suit every other day on his Instagram. I mean, he's he's out there schlepping golf shirts. Uh, that, that's not beneath him. No, he'll do it all. And this is the question I have, Hardy. And I wish I had, I wish I had texted you this before the show because I think that you, you, with a little time to think on this, would really hit it out of the park. But I was, what is he going to sing? That's you know, what is like the, you know, not quite on the nose. Does it have something to do with like a goat or like you know how we would have what what he would pick would not quite be that subtle. And, I just wanted to be know. Elton John because of the story of him working out here at Gillette Stadium years ago. Walking by the weight room, and someone, someone's in there listening to Elton John, the only guy in the weight room, and it was Tom Brady, which led to one of the great Felger and Maz moments of all time as Felger was reenacting Tom Brady, you know, a- benching 130 pounds. With Mona Lisa <laughs> and Manhattan, oh, oh, sons of Vegas, oh, just grunting them out. Oh, yeah, just grinding them out. It's tough. It's tough. Tough to hit that range, you know. And it's it's always see now that now that's his voice right there. That that that's you know that's me right. That that's me singing. I won't forget you, Brady. 
I don't know if you ever got that story. Brady. After he tore I his have, ACL. No, I have heard this. This <laughs> is right, a, you did parody songs I did a parody for song after uh, whoever it. was following you on your on no your one. hoodie blog. No one. No, no it was oh wait. I mean, this was before blogs, but yeah, that was uh, that was it. But uh, you got a nice voice. Oh, thank you. I was you know I was in middle school traveling chorus. So sure. Thank you very much. <laughs> of course you were. Uh, but that, that, that's why I, I was trying to think of, like a good song that Brady would pick. Uh, you know, when those, when those people are so bad at singing too. Like I don't imagine him being good at singing. And, and Elton John's tough to hit. Like. You know, some people upstairs were like, oh, would he do, uh, you know, the Jay-Z song that he always used to come out to, public service announcement? Like, ah, I don't know. Uh, I, I love it, though. I think I, it's, it's, it, of everything that, that people have speculated, I think this makes the most sense to me. What we'll do, do many men by 50 cents. Okay. <laughs> There's a lot of ways you could go with this, and I was trying to think of it as we were doing it on here <laughs> earlier today. I wanted to today. tee up. And I really, I didn't have that home run idea in my head. When, we got a lot of time before It'll the end of this pregame show. You. It'll come to me yeah. at some point. Or maybe post I'll give show. you plenty of heads up, what, what Matt, so you can, you can play because there's got the answer is out there somewhere. I'll, you know what? I'll take your suggestions. You want to tweet them at me, at Hardy Radio, or send them into the uh, – to the email here. Uh, That's a perfect Hardy Radio tweet when you put out your uh, your call to arms of uh, of questions of people chiming in. Perfect. It really is. I, I might I might use it this weekend. <laughs> I need the content. Believe you me. Is there any goat songs? Goats? Anything about goats? <sighs> Feels like Menem has a song called Goat. Hmm. I'm trying to think. A Billy Goat. Something because oh. we're getting into like the 80s Satanism, terrify you know, uh, like goats and all that kind of like you know, pentagram, like sure, so, uh, yes, we're, a bit we're, more we're treading in that a little bit, yeah. But he's a 90s, you know, 80s, 90s baby, so something in there. I'm not sure. Some early hip hop might be, might be his jam. I don't know. What <laughs> would you do? You went on the mass Singer right now, deuce, man. You got it, and you want to win. Well, I, I, I've done some karaoke, um, did the wanderer a couple times, you know. The one, I'm, I'm the type about. of guy that likes yeah, to roam around, around. Yeah. never yeah. in one my place. Wife, my wife didn't like that one too much. Uh, uh, Amy by Pure Perry League. You know that one, right? Amy, what you want to do? Do you know what he's talking about? Oh, okay, that one. It's that not one. a crowd pleaser. No, no. Uh, it was more just like a Cape Cod beach bar kind of song. I understand. Uh, did bust a move in, in Nashville when I first got this job. So I've, I've done a few karaoke's. I, okay. Mm, probably one of those. Probably stick with with one of those. I think. I think just in terms of what you could do with it, and you know, act it out and really, really impress some people. I would go Werewolves of London. Uh, I th- I th- the people dig it. Yeah. I, I used to do do Not it at Hula Hands when I was when I was ten in bar, and we had a guy up there, you know, doing his doing his act. They bring me up for one song a night. I'd, I'd hop over the bar, go up do Werewolves of London, bring the house down, Matt. Oh my God, they're still talking Tears. about it, Lansing, Michigan. <laughs> go go. You know what? You better ask somebody. They'll tell you. It's moving. Moving emotional experience, I'm Nin- sure, of, of Hardy belting Nin- out. 1994. Who was <laughs> that guy who used to get up and sing Where Was the London? He was really good. Oh, that's Hardy. Must have gone on to great things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me now. Look at me now. DJ, what does that do? Um, so we are, uh, yes, now just 90 minutes away from kickoff here tonight for a, uh, a preseason game where hopefully we're going to see some starters uh, on the offense, it has been reported enough times now to where I believe starting unit is going to get out there and play defensively, though, Deuce. Yeah. Um, what do you want to see out of the defense now? We've talked almost exclusively about the offense, and you yeah. want to see the ground game. I want to see him air it out. But defensively, 
I mean, I'd like to see I'd like to see some better play than last week, at least in the preseason. But I mean, it's hard to get too worked up about team stuff in a preseason game. Like, oh, they they can't get off the field on third down. Well, like so, you know. So I think it just it comes down to individual guys and and seeing some of these, you know, bubble guys. How are they going to use? Maybe I don't know how long the starters are going to be in there. I don't know if Peppers. I'd love to see Jabril Peppers play a little bit. I just think he's really interesting guy in terms of what he could potentially do. Um, you know, I, I think they. I don't want to be too hard on the defense, but I just I can't shake the feeling of how things ended the last couple of years. And until they get out there and play a real game and and get back on track, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna buy what they do in joint practices right now. Like it's great they played well against the Patriots offense, against the Panthers offense, but you know the guys that were out there against the Giants last week that that wasn't so great defense. I mean, so you know there were some individual moments in there, but. I just I, until it gets to the regular season, I'm not I'm not buying on the defense yet. They got to earn it in, in real games for me, and, and I'd like to see some nice individual performances. But two more games to go, and then we'll get some truth from these guys. I apologize. Yeah, no, it's fine. Had a little bit of issues. What? Everything all right? Yeah, a little rumbly in the tumbly. Oh, oh yeah. You okay now? Yeah, I'm okay. Donut. Okay. Donut. All right. So we got we got past the Tom Brady discussion, and uh, it's been you decided he's d- he's doing the mass thing. That, that that just pushed me over the edge. <laughs> yeah. Well, what, whatever. It's decided. That's what he's doing. <laughs> Um, Deuce wants to see some nice individual performances from the defense tonight. We haven't talked about Malcolm Butler yet, which yeah. I was the only guy who seemed to think he had a couple of nice plays last week. You guys, yeah. Deuce gave me Deuce the grimace. Gave sti- he gave you the he stink did. face. He gave that, I, mm, I don't think so. So you probably weren't surprised to, uh, excuse me. Did he get hurt? No. I, uh, <laughs> All right. So I, how, yeah, how, yeah, yeah. how no, dare I, I, I he got, got hurt. I yeah. do want to address that element. Mike and I have talked about this a little bit like, I don't know exactly what the physical problem with Jawan Williams and Malcolm Butler. I, I know Jawan Williams is reportedly the shoulder, and Malcolm Butler is reportedly the hip. Hip. Okay. Just th- the incredible, like, <laughs> widespread 100%, those guys aren't hurt. Like, they're just Foxborough flu. Like, and it's fact. Like, it took four or five days. And I'm not taking any shots at any, because this is not a shot it took at any. Four or five anyone. days for what? Oh, no, no. Everybody's completely convinced. Neither one of those guys is hurt. It they took were four or five cut. minutes. That, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, nobody, no, nobody. Four or five days later, it's fact. Yeah. I, I think they both got hurt and they got put on IR. Yeah. Like, I, I don't really think that, like, the thing to see here, I don't think there's a thing to see here. Okay. I think they were both on the bubble. I don't think either one of them was a lock. I think Jawan Williams was probably further off the bubble than Malcolm Butler was. But I don't think either one. I think it was sort of a – I would put Malcolm Butler in – like a like a disappointing category for camp. Like just camp as a whole, if you were gonna break down camp, I would say Terrence Mitchell, Malcolm Butler, one of those guys grabs a hold of that starting job, you know, in, in a secondary with Jalen Mills and Jonathan Jones. That didn't happen. The veteran guys didn't play any better than the rookies were. So I think that's disappointing. I think that hurts your depth a little bit. I might give a little bit of wiggle room to you, Paul. And and again, I don't know. And you know, and I'm not going to storm out in about five minutes, but I do have to leave shortly. I understand. Shortly. I understand. And I'm, I'm I mean I'm not being a jerk and I'm not being like thick headed about this, but you're talking about two players who were kind of bubble guys. And can either can anyone tell me at what point they got hurt? No, nobody can. 
and, well, and they got I can nothing but you. nothing but eyes on these guys nonstop for the last three weeks. But I was see, I was with you and Mike here doing the post game show last week when I'm on the Twitter machine and I'm reading about Jawan Williams has a wrap on his shoulder, and then the next day he's placed on IR with a shoulder injury. Like, is, is it a long con? <laughs> like they they they, they put yeah. a wrap on the guy's shoulder in the locker room, so when the media came in, they saw it. Yeah, and I de- like I don't know what's in it for the Patriots. Right? Why would they do him? That's solid. Okay, well, like, yeah, if you want to get if you want to get really deep conspiracy, like there's nothing in it for Malcolm Butler because he lost most of his money because mm-hmm. he's he's probably going to get an injury settlement and be gone. Yeah. But he's still got a good chunk of money for coming back, and maybe he wasn't ever going to make the the team to begin with. If he gets it, then I'll say I'm wrong. Okay, because I don't think he's getting a good chunk of money. Okay, he got a chance to come back and maybe play for an NFL team. He wasn't quite there, and instead he gets. Something he got it. He did get a, a an initial. Yeah, like, I think he's going to get a, an injury settlement, and we'll get like a couple of weeks' pay. All right, but and he that's got it. I thought he got several hundred thousand. He's like going to get like two hundred and fifty thousand for three weeks of camp. He wants to play. <laughs> that's why he's going to sign a an injury settlement. Is my guess. Okay. Yeah, I mean, and he he's going to he's going to try to play somewhere. Yeah, he had seven hundred fifty k guaranteed. He signed a two year nine million deal for whatever it's worth. Yeah, I think it's 250 he's going to get. Okay. I'm just saying, that one just sounds a little bit like a guy who was here, left under very strange circumstances, never got the story. Why don't you come back in? You know what? It's not going to work out, but have a couple hundred thousand dollars, and we're good, right? Mm-hmm. We're Everything's still but good, right? why does right? everything have to be good? Like, what, what was bad? Like, the initial uh, thing. Maybe getting sat in the Super Bowl no, no, and, that, and not getting a chance to play the biggest game that's of his That's 2017. Life? What's yeah. in it now, five years later? I don't know. It's just it's the weirdest story that's never been explained, and it's and this does not help make it Hardy. less weird. <laughs> I'm here for Hardy. I'm sitting. I'm, I'm sidling up right next to Hardy for this part of the story. It's the weirdest story that's never been explained. I agree. And and if you want to make it weirder, bring him into camp, even though we don't even think he's going to make the team, and then he's going to suffer a hip injury, See, which nobody really, can pinpoint. Do you really think the Patriots brought him in thinking that he wouldn't make the team? I think they didn't know, but I think they're more than happy to give him a couple hundred thousand dollars to keep everybody friendly and not when telling he, tales out of school. When did he sign, Mike? Can you remember off the top not of your head? Not off the top of my head, but yeah. And, I, and I've said this. I'm going to guess if Jack Jones and Marcus Jones didn't get drafted, Malcolm Butler was going to play if he was yeah, healthy. I mean, March 23rd. Yeah, so that's before the draft. Okay. My Put, guess is if you don't draft two cornerbacks that you feel pretty good about, Malcolm Butler was strongly in their pl- plans. Okay. Now, maybe you guys are right. And, and I'm not picking on you, Hardy, because I'm the only one that thinks he's hurt. <laughs> Everybody else is convinced that this Mike, is a solid done by the team. Mike Reese thinks he's hurt. And, I, and I, you know, Mike Reese doesn't work for me. But he's, he is going to be on with us this season on, on, on uh, the He's going to be on, uh, I believe, with we have to do all access next week before the Raiders game. And I think he's going to join me in the Bob's Discount Furniture Studio. Maybe. Possibly. Oh. Mike I, is I just. I want to speak out of turn. Anybody who, you know, who has ever met him would tell you that he's a super nice, genuine guy. And by the way, he has had some very honest things to say about the Patriots here over the last week or so. So he's very much like you guys, even though he seems to be a team-friendly guy. He'll tell you what he's thinking. He'll tell you like it is. And he told me, Hardy, I think he's hurt. I think it's legit. I think he's he's got the hip. And I said, okay, not, not that it's your job to tell me, but when? Because I've been watching him. I watch him in the game. I watch him in practice. He's out there. Yeah. Doesn't seem hurt. When did he get hurt? Yeah, Why is it that either. he can't? Now you can't play football at all this year. <laughs> you can't play. <laughs> right. Between like now that. and and January, nope. There's no there's no chance. Ir. 
That's a big jump from being out there last week and being in practice to, nope, can't play anymore this year. Yeah, as I'm thinking back even to Raekwon McMillan last year, which didn't seem like a big deal. Like, you saw him get a little bit hurt in practice, and then he walked off, and it didn't seem like anything major. And then it was like, oh, no, he tore his ACL. He's out for the season. That, that's as close as I can get to remembering ACL, I get. But ACL that's is that type of injury. It's a little bit different. It is, it um, is different. I don't know. I haven't really put much, too much thought into, into it. I just kind of assumed he was hurt. Um, but I, I think this is one of those weird injuries where it probably wouldn't have really mattered all that much if it had happened, like, next week. But because you got two preseason games left, you kind of need some cornerback depth. You would have needed Juwan Williams and Malcolm Butler to play a bunch of snaps. So I just think it it gives an opportunity to, you know, guy. I mean, Sean Wade, I think, has a, has a, has a huge opportunity. Jack Jones isn't going anywhere. They signed this kid, Devin Hafford. So, I, you know, these younger guys are going to get a little bit more of an opportunity maybe. Um, but, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a tough blow. But I don't, I don't think those guys are really in the plans based on what we had seen through the first few weeks. Maybe not. Maybe not. I just – I still wonder what happened. And I used to say this all the time, dude. So only two guys know why Malcolm Butler didn't play in the Super Bowl, Bill Belichick and Malcolm Butler. Yeah. I have amended that. There's one Somebody guy. Else. Who else? There's one guy who knows why he didn't play in the Super Bowl, for sure. Just Bill? You think Just even Bill. Malcolm's still kind of like, I don't know. Uh, yeah. And I don't think Malcolm is – I don't think Malcolm would have come back here if he really didn't know. I'm just saying that whatever the reason was, whatever reason he was told, maybe isn't the real reason, you know? Mm-hmm. I, and this isn't nefarious. I'm not saying anyone's being bad or dishonest or anything else. Head coaches do what head coaches do for very specific reasons. Bill Belichick maybe is the poster child for that. He has his reasons. Yep. And he had his reason not to play Malcolm Butler. Malcolm uh, had to have been told something at some point. Whether that's the real reason or not, I don't know. Only The only thing I can say definitively is that Bill knows why he didn't play, and nobody else does for sure. It's that's okay. it. It's it's. I mean, I'm trying to think of the other great all-time Patriots questions from that 20 years. of, of And, I mean, that's that's at the top, right? I mean, that's – Give me another that's one. That's one. <sighs> Give me another big Patriots question uh, from the Belichick era. This isn't as big, but I always was a little bit, like, taken aback by Vrabel getting shipped out. I know that that's a little bit Ooh, of a deep dive. That's not bad. Um, that's but, not but bad. kind of getting rid of him there. Um, what else? I mean, you know, and then the other controversies and stuff of, like, what really what really happened, that kind of stuff. I, I, you know what? I, th- there were questions around Welker. I thought it's like, did you really not like him that mm. much? Was it really that big of a deal? Somebody posted Welker's numbers the other day. They're eye-popping. Oh, it's crazy. They're eye-popping. When you compare them to Edelman for as amazing as Julian Edelman was, maybe still could be if you believe the rumors about him wanting <laughs> to come back. Yeah. Welker in... In a shorter amount of time, holy it's, and it's, cow! It's just too a bad. nice little player. <laughs> yeah, a nice little player. It's just too bad that that you know that one play from the Super Bowl kind of overshadows it from Super Bowl Forty Six of, of you know. You mean we, the, we had a, the bad throw that Brady? The bad throw that Brady had. I'm glad you put it that way because me and me and Paul are we've been shooting uh, some segments for uh, fall TV coming up. The great debate, and this was one of the things we had to debate was like should he, should he have caught it. Um, so we don't mean Paul are like which which side which side because we both kind of feel like it wasn't the best throw. Um, but either way, I've always said and, and I, mean, I, I always hate, thought I hate that you talk show. I always thought yeah. that what you talk show guys that yeah, you decide like, which <laughs> side you're gonna take. Well, sometimes it's hard because now you, you know, have to. Sometimes for TV. we're both on the fa- on the same side of it. But for I, it, TV, you know, sometimes n- you not, have not to. to cop out. But like I always felt like it was a a, a bad throw that probably should have been caught. Well, I, like I hate to put it that way, but like that's how I kind of feel. Like it's the Super Bowl. It's a it's a it's a pretty open play. It wasn't the easiest. It wasn't his sweet spot but I still felt like it was 
back and above him, and he had to kind of twist and turn. So, not the not the greatest throw, but should it have been caught? Probably caught. Probably. But I'm not going to kill him and define his whole career how enjoyable he was to watch in 07, and just how uncoverable he was, and how tough he was going over the middle, and you know taking huge hits and making key plays, and you know and, and you know people forget like he probably would have been the MVP of 42 if they had hung on, you know. So I, I don't know. I just I, I I love Wes Welker, and I, I just wish he, I wish he didn't get as, as much of a bum rap for for just that one play. But the question is, you know, why couldn't they figure out a way to keep him here? And maybe they thought yeah. he was done. You know, you saw so. what he did in Denver, yeah. and it, you know, he wasn't he wasn't great. But the contract wasn't prohibitive. I yeah. think the Patriots absolutely could afford to keep him, and I think Brady what still wanted him here. Well, it's funny because in retrospect, now you, you kept Edelman, and I don't think anybody was high on Edelman at that point. I mean, he had maybe one visit to the Giants, and you brought in Amendola, and I think at that time everyone was. I mean, I remember kind of random story being at a Holy Cross alumni event in Beverly Hills talking to Bill Simmons. First time I met Bill Simmons, and it was right at this time, and he's literally oh, like, you never forget that, so, do you? what do you think about Welka? You know, like, right? Like, that was what he hopped into, and that's what we were talking about. And and and, and I remember saying at the time, I'm like, I don't know, I got Amendola and Edelman. I feel like they're just going to kind of turn it over. I mean, they, they did. It was a little bit hairy there at the beginning, especially when you didn't know what you had in Edelman. I mean, Edelman right. was just kind of like a guy who had been hurt a bunch and, you know, showed some potential, like Welker, uh, to be able to do that stuff in the middle that, that he did. But, um but yeah, it's uh, it's it's funny how they turn him over and and you know to continue the thread, it's it's a receiver. I feel like they're kind of missing from the group. You know, like they don't really have that guy now anymore. Right. And I'm seeing all this stuff about this kid from UCLA, Kyle Phillips, that I really liked in the draft. That you know they're showing him on one of those little whip routes, just dusting Logan Ryan in practice a couple of days ago. And it's like, oof, like, you know, that's. I think the Patriots have some good receivers on the roster right now that that all kind of do different things. But I still don't think that they have that Edelman, Welker quick open little small shifty guy in the middle even Dion branch to some extent um i just i miss that player i feel like that's a, a, a quarterback's best friend and i think something mac jones could could use and and grow with you know and grow with is the key because you take julian edelman or you know uh, west welker in their prime stick him in this offense right now i don't know if mac jones knows what to do with him right. you know that's i mean that was that's a special relationship between a quarterback and a receiver of that caliber who's going to get underneath do the shoestring catches, the shoelace catches, and you know, just on a dime, and it's all about timing, and it would take a while to develop. All the more reason to have someone in here now may not set the world on fire the first year. Give it, a, give it some time. Yeah. See if that becomes like a, you know, as Edelman became, and as Zoe always used to say, and I, I didn't quite believe him at first. He said, you know, you know, Brady, Gronkowski, obviously, you know, two of the best to ever play the position. But the motor of the offense was Julian Edelman. He was the guy. He was the yeah. one that, you know, you just that was that was the reliable, the you know, the chain mover, the six yard guy, the the underneath routes, the guy who's gonna I mean, the be the third there and thirteen you. guy. You know, I mean, even in the Seriously. Super Bowl, I mean, third and long, the, some of those plays that, that Edelman came through and sometime last year during the you know, when Edelman got into the media, he he talked about just the connection that he had with Brady and you know, the unspoken language that they had and just the knowledge that they had together and, you know, rattling off all the different things that would be going through his mind that he knew was going through Tom's mind and they were just on the same page. So, you know, I I, I, I have actually pretty high expectations for this offense this year. I know that they don't have that number one A kind of a guy, but I think that they've got a number of different threats that if you find the right matchup, you're going to get maybe Devontae Parker on a small corner or you're going to get you know Nelson Aguilar on somebody who maybe isn't quite as good as an athlete as he is or you're going to get Jacoby Myers on somebody in the middle of the field like a linebacker who he can get open against so I think if Mac is able to get to that you know throw to the open guy kind of cliche 
I, I think they'll be all right, but I still I still would just love to see one of those little quick guys in the middle that, that can just get open quick, catch it, and, and gain some yards right away. That's the only thing I think they're missing on offense right now. And I tell you, if they, and if they can run the ball on top of That's it right. like you want them to tonight, oh. oh ground and pound, 200 yards mm. rushing offense. Cloud <laughs> of dust. You're going to hear me yelling in the press box if uh, Ramondre bakes off a long run or something. Yeah, be 92 crazy. yards. <laughs> or is it 91? 90, I forget. I forget too. Really Andre in Connecticut. What's uh, what's going on, Andre? Yeah, guys, what's, what's going on? Hey. I uh, tried to call last week and couldn't get in, but it's good uh, to talk to you guys this time. Well, thanks for calling yeah. back. What Tough do you got club. for us? Tough club. Yeah, yeah. So I wanted to ask about the quarterback situation because I know we were you guys were talking about it last week a bit and sort of the Brian Hoyer situation. Can he still play? And I'm just thinking about that week against Kansas city in the 2020 season when Cam had COVID that game. And I just felt like that was the moment I knew that, that Brian just really couldn't do it anymore. Do you guys feel like he makes the roster and can really just actually play the duration of the season if, if the if the pass needed him this year or do you think there's an option <laughs> yeah. that we just go with two quarterbacks this year no I, I oh no he's making the roster i think he's definitely making the roster but i totally get what you're saying because i think when you brought in hoyer or you have hoyer on the on the on the on the team you, you think all right he can come in here he may not win us a game but i don't think he's going to lose us a game and now you had that kansas city game where it was like oh he can he, lose you again he didn't do the veteran things of, of you know you, you can't the end one a thing half that, at a sack you know without getting points like you know those kind of things are what are what are unacceptable um, but i thought you know overall i think when he's in there in the offense he he looks fine so I don't think he's going anywhere. I, I, I think, you know, Zappi certainly is, is impressed with some things, but I, I still think that despite that performance in Kansas City, they still kind of view him as, you know, a mentor, a guy that could hopefully come in and, and not lose a game for you again. But who knows, as the season progresses, um, you know, maybe maybe you do start to see some of, of Zappi as – um, you know, as the backup, that might be a little asking a little bit much, but I think it's asking a bit much, Andre. Let yeah. me let me put your fears to rest. He's going to make the squad. He's going to be your backup quarterback for a bit. Let me tell you something else. Uh, some of the drills I saw with in the joints this week with Carolina, Hoyer looked good. Yeah, he looked he, good he looked good in the preseason game last week. I mean, yeah, you know, he's you know. fi- he's fi- look. Uh, if, yeah. if, if you know something horrible happens and you're going to be without uh, Mac Jones for a couple few games. That's not good. That's not good for either situation, but they're going to go with Hoyer in that circumstance, and he's going to be here for a bit. And, you know, hopefully it's not something that you come to rely on, but he's fine for now. So, hey, uh, Andre, thanks for the call. We appreciate it. Thanks so much. All right, thank you. Yeah, I mean, he looked good in some of those joint drills and some of those uh, plays that he was running, but he's here, I think, as a mentor. I think he's here as a, you know, as, as a guy to help learn. And, you know, you see him walking off the field a couple of times during the training camps with Mac, and and he's talking to Mac, and you can tell they're engaged. They're talking about stuff. He's pointing out stuff on the field, and they're, I, you know, he's, whether by instruction or not, whether, you know, the coaches are telling him, go help Mac along, he's doing it anyway. You know, it's another interesting thing, Hardy, that just kind of occurred to me is that, you know, you talk about bringing Brian Hoyer in here because he's been experienced in this Patriots offense. Well, now they've changed the offense. I, I'd be curious what his real take on this is. Like, you know, if you're not here to provide insight into this Josh McDaniels offense, like, you know, I'm sure he's been in other systems. He's he been still in has a, but experience. He's been in other stuff, systems. But, you know, but still, I wonder what, like for him as a veteran who's been in a few systems to be like, 
because he has a unique perspective of, oh, I see why we're doing this, because he has context of other NFL offenses, of how things are maybe done elsewhere that wasn't this Josh McDaniels you know, offense that, that was you know, honed here over 20 years to Tom Brady. I think he's the perfect guy for it because he can, as you just said, you know, just alluded to anyway, he knows what system Mac Jones was you know, learning at first with Josh, and now they're going, oh, I've done this here. Let me, let me show you how they're similar. Yeah. Let me show you why it's not so crazy and why this can work this way and you can think about it in these terms. Yeah, he's got like some mnemonic devices to help him along, you know, like little, little tips, whatever. Little, little cheat sheet. Uh, whatever. Along. Give me many tips, English tips. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> you know that one? No. English tips? Mm-hmm. Come, say anything. Oh, God. Come I, on, he's helping Diane somewhere, Court. Somewhere my wife is, is disowning me uh, <laughs> for missing that one up. She won a fellowship. <laughs> All right, uh, Tony in Canada, what's going on? Hey, guys, I just wanted to ask you how you think the Patriots will do this year. Um, and Good. I know that like last year they finished 10 and 7, and I, I have a feeling that it's going to be more like 7 and 10. It's going to be the reverse mm. because of what the other teams have done in the AFC. So I'd like you to get your impression. And just to finish off the sentence, so the, the Patriots are either gonna they're gonna win ten or more games this year, or they're gonna lose ten or more games. And what would be the reason or rationale? What do you guys think? Oh, I see, Tony. I like this question. These are fun, as opposed to trying to come up with a schedule. What would surprise you more: the Patriots winning ten or more games or losing ten or more games? I mean, at this point, probably winning ten or more games. Oh, see, I'd be more surprised if they lost ten or more. I, do, I don't. Great question. It's a. It's a. Uh, uh, thank you, Tony and Canada. Ten's a for good. That. Ten's a good number too, because that's where you know, like you said, they were last year. So, Would I, you, I just feel like they're going to be right in the same. So you'd be you'd be really surprised that the, the same record this year as they did last year. Um. No. Ten I, and seven. Yeah. I, I guess. I'd be surprised if they got to eleven. I hate to like say it like that now, ten, but but ten or you more. Know what I mean, ten or more. I'd be very surprised, but I would if have they to, won I, ten. Yeah, I would have to say more surprised if they lost ten. I think it's like oh. the same. I think it's, it's I think it's about the same. It's tough. It's tough. I mean, that's the neighborhood I feel like they're going to be in, you know, but it's it's seven a much harder seven schedule. 7 and 10, 10 and 7, somewhere in the middle. It's a much harder schedule. You don't know which games are going to kind of line up like a couple of them did last year where half the team gets sick or, you know, you, you have a couple key injuries. I mean, that, that'll happen. The whole got the flu. <laughs> the, whole, the whole Browns got it the flu. It does, I, and I hate to middle it like this because it sucks, but it does really have that 9 and 8, 8 and 9 feel to it right now. It's like somewhere right in there. You look at yep. the schedule. You see what the other team teams have done um the only thing i can point to and when we you know and and i'm not circling games on the schedule i don't think anybody is doing that but you just look at the teams you got to play a couple of times right uh buffalo Uh, albert breer was at buffalo uh that their training camp he's been to a bunch of my said bird how they look good (laughs) yeah he said he looked they look like a team that has looked good in years like you know when you used to watch camp here Right, and the ball never hits the ground, and the crisp. They're playing. The they're playing fast and loose. Yeah, I'm like, oh, okay. Now, now but to but Mike's here's point, we'll see what happens. You know, you know, you you get two or three, you know, really important injuries, and that changes the complexion of your team. Now, th- but corner right now is a question mark for them. Yeah, it is. And here's the other thing: when you're looking within the division, I look at Miami, who I say, you know what, Tua doesn't stink. They've got Tyree Kill down there now. That could be, oh. Who's their coach? Wait a second. Is he any Just good? Yeah, wait a second. Don't know. And everyone who, you know, I, I was always the first person to push back. It's like, well, Miami, you can uh, win one or both of those. I'm like, not lately you can. 
The coaching is different now. Tyreek Hill, I just love to root against anyway. So any reason I have to doubt their ability to, you know, improve upon what they've done in the last couple of years, not that they were great, but I would love it and will be rooting for them to take a step back. So, yeah, I would be surprised. I would be surprised if the Patriots lost 10 or more games this year. I would. I would be much more I, surprised than if they had won 10. Yeah, I, I would be too. But I would be, I think, equally surprised if they won 10 or more. Well, that, then it's equal. Then you're not more. It's equal. Oh, I'm saying, like, you said I would be surprised if they lost 10 or more games. Oh. And I would be. I would but be surprised. Be? I, I think 7 and 10... I, I don't know. It's a tough one. I, I'll go with Hardy because you know me. I tend to look at the glass half full. Yeah. I'm going to go with Hardy <laughs> and say I'd be more surprised if they lost 10. That's what, that's what they've always said about Paul. You know, that's what they should so, say. You know what? He's so positive. He's that's the thing about Perillo. He's so upbeat yeah. all the time. Yeah. yeah. It's funny in my mind the difference between 10 wins and 11 wins as I'm pondering this question. Because I'm like, 10, I'm like, oh, I could kind of. And I'm not even like doing the numbers in my head of each game or anything. But there's something about like making a step forward and winning 11 that seems... You know, especially, well, th- I mean, they really would have to find something this year. And I think it would be it just, there will be a number of surprises, I think, for them to get to that point. Not just the record that they end up with, but the quality of the defense and how they play against some good teams would, would certainly, I think, be surprising. And I think their ability probably to put up points to defeat some of these offenses would also, you know, be surprising. All right. We have uh, a, a little uh, little break here. We're going to do the over-unders here little coming Jordan. up on the pre, uh, Patriots pregame social. want to thank Bridgestone, official tire of uh, the New England Patriots. Tar. Proud to partner with Sullivan Tire. New England Patriots proud to partner with Sullivan Tire. New England's headquarters for quality Bridgestone tires. Visit SullivanTire.com to find a location near you. Patriot Place is the region's number one shopping, dining, and entertainment destination. Shop your favorites, including Vineyard Vines, Express, Olympia Sports, Petco, and more. Enjoy dining at one of our 19 restaurants, including Six String Grill and Stage, Scorpion Bar, and Bar Louie. And don't forget about the entertainment. Explore your inner artist at Muse Paint Bar, watch a movie at Showcase Cinema Deluxe, or grab a controller and start gaming at Helix Esports. For a complete directory listing, please visit patriot-place.com. In sports, if you think joy only happens after you win, think again. Look at the world's most successful athletes like Serena Williams, Brooks Kepka, and Alex Morgan. They don't spend all their days grinding away. They take time to enjoy themselves, like getting together with friends over a Michelob Ultra, because they know that happiness is the key to winning and that joy is the whole game, not just the end game. Michelob Ultra. 95 calories, 2.6 grams of carbs. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Enjoy responsibly. A.B. Michelob Ultra Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. There's no season better than football season. And there's no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings, the official daily fantasy sports partner of the New England Patriots. To add to the thrill, DraftKings has millions of dollars in prizes up for grabs every week. So head to the app now and check it out. If you haven't tried it yet, fantasy football is easy to play. Just pick nine players, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for yards, touchdowns, receptions, and so much more. There's no better way to put your football knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at $1 million in total prizes. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code PATS to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes every week. That's promo code PATS to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes every week, only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. 
Some people are never content with simply being good. Not when they can be great. But it takes a big step to get there. In fact, it takes a leap of faith, a belief in what you're striving toward, and a willingness to make the commitment, day in and day out, to something bigger than yourself. Putnam is proud to partner with those who share their own commitment to performance excellence. This is Matt Light for Putnam Investments, a world of investing. Join the conversation by calling the Ace Ticket Hotline at 855-PATS-500 or email the show at webradio at patriots.com. Oh. And Mike gritty out on, onto the field and everything. I did my gritty. Yeah. Let me tell you something. That's kind of terrifying. <laughs> Live from our studios inside Gillette Stadium, here's Hardy. All right, let's get after it here. We're gonna uh, we're gonna do some over unders here now. I, I, before we get into this, are are we sure on the totals from last week? Because I thought I did poorly, and you've got me listed at four and two here. Did I go four and two last week? I don't remember, but I thought uh, that this seems right to me. All I right, think let's we were go. all sort of like a game apart. <laughs> let's roll with Set it the then. Five and one guy. We're good. Well, I I I know I went five and one. Well, I, you know. It's time for this week's edition of Over-Unders. You're over me? When were you under me? All right, so to recap, uh, last week, uh, Deuce did what any uh, drunk baby flipping a quarter could do, went 3-3. Three and three. Uh, Paul, being the savant that he is, drunk went 3-1. Drunk baby. One. Drunk baby flipping Ooh. a quarter. And uh, Hardy showed a little something to the, to the folks watching at home, went 4-2. So now, this week's Over-Unders, Marine Matt, what do we have? Mac Jones series one and a half. One and a half. I'm gonna go over. I think he'll play. He'll play. Uh, play the first half. I, I'm gonna go over as well. Uh, I think he's gonna play somewhere around 15 or 20 snaps, and um, that should be enough for at least two series. I th- th- even if they're ridiculously successful drives, I think 20 plays should be two series better go over because otherwise what are we doing yeah what are we doing what are we, what are we doing, doing? i mean you went an entire w- an entire preseason game with nothing from anything resembling your starting offense uh yeah better give me two at least two full series for mac jones cam mcgrone tackles five and a half hmm. paul perillo C- tough one cj mcgrone uh i'm gonna say under on this one because i think that the starters are gonna play a good chunk of the first half, which would leave him off the field more than likely. I'll go under. You know what? Just for sport, I'm going to go over. I have nothing to back it up other than I got a catch Paul from last week. Yeah, I'm going to go under. It's going to cost you two. <laughs> Total team sacks for the Patriots. One and a half. Oh, God. Uh... You know what? Still a little fired up. Still a little fired up from practice this week. I'm going to go over. Damn, they get at least two sacks. Yeah, I mean, they've been disruptive all year. If it's uh, if it's the first team going against the second, third team of the Panthers, I'm going to go over, too. All year. Did you catch that? Disruptive all year? Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to take. By month. I mean, by month. I, I, I'm going to take, take the over, and I think Deuce's uh, last comment is why. I mean, you have. Patriot starters going against Panthers backups. Like Matthew Juden should have <laughs> Sounds like some alone. sacks to me. <laughs> <laughs> four by himself. <laughs> uh, next is Kendrick Bourne touches at three and a half. Ah, uh, I, I, I hate to do it to him, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go under. I think the, uh, the slow summer for Kendrick continues. Yeah, I'm going to go under also. I don't know how much these guys are going to play that he's going to be getting 
that involved. So I, I'll take the under. He might play a lot, though. <laughs> like, uh, he might. Yeah, that's the thing. It's he like, might be like the guy. When uh, you say these guys, which guys are you talking yeah. about? What do you mean, these guys? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. You talking about guaranteed starters week one? Yeah, that's well, a good fair, uh, fair point by you boys. <laughs> um, I'm going to go under also just because I, I, th- I, th- yeah. I think there's other guys they, they want to they look at tonight. Number of times Paul gets called fat on TV what? tonight. No, no, right. Number of times that TV goes to that Paul tonight. Say that. say that. Okay, so you, who you is who is keeping track of this? LePan? Okay, so here's here's what I need. Okay, Le, yeah, LePan and I will keep. We track. need some. I need some clarification. Now they go to me periodically during the the game. Sometimes they show me. Sometimes they don't. Does it count anytime I'm talking? So when LePan sent me this, he said number of times they consult you. So we, we'll call okay. it consulting. I'll take the over then. I'm a, yeah, I think this oh, is an easy one. If you're going over just on consulting alone, yeah. I mean, because they, they'll just show you something. I think I'll too, talk like more than. Yeah, like I think the I'll. Thumbs up and the well, I think I'll talk four times or, or more. I, I think we should increase this number to, to make. Because we're all going to go over three and a half. Can we make it like five and a half? Sure. That doesn't hurt me. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do five and a half. Okay. Changing. And I'm still going over. Yeah, me too. Uh, <laughs> I, I am a little concerned because, in general terms, I've been doing this for about a decade now, uh, having fun in the Bob's Discount Furniture Studios. And in general, when the starters are on the field, you get less Paul. Yep. And the starters are going to be on the field, at least for a while, in the first half. But I'm still going to take the over. I'm, I'm going to go under. I think it's a tough night. It's a tough oh, night for Paul. Oh, yeah. I like yeah. it. I like it. So cl- I think after... They confused Zoe for me. I think Zoe's feeling a little animosity towards Patriots.com. He's Excellent. not going to throw it to Paul. All reasons. I don't know if they're good, but Who's they're reasons. I said Zoe's mad at Patriots.com generally because somebody said it's up, Zoe, oh, to me. Sup, so. Zoe. Right. And ending with the total score of 40 and a half. Uh, over. Yeah, I wanna, I'm going to go for the over, too. I want to I wanna see some points today. I'm going to take the under because I'm not sure Matt Corral is going to deal well with uh, some of the Patriots starters in the second quarter when he plays. So I, oh, I, I yeah. don't think Carolina is going to score a whole lot. Ooh, yeah, I forgot. There's another team out there. Yeah, Matt will put 40 episodes himself. I don't know that he will. Okay, okay. <laughs> Especially if they run the ball all night <laughs> like you want them to, Deuce. All game long. All right. Very good. Good, good stuff. Good job. Good job. Appreciate you. Thank you so much. Um. The play calling, of course, continues to be an issue. It continues to be talked about. Um, there was also some theorizing going on that this is part of a long-term plan for the Patriots, that Matt Patricia in there as the play caller, setting him up to you know, be maybe an offensive coordinator in another year or two and um, eventually kind of slide into a head coaching role, as a lot of offensive coordinators will. Uh-huh. Uh, the reason why Joe Judge is working in concert with, with Matt Patricia is that he would then take over the OC role. Some have theorized that this is part of Bill's exit plan. Another, what, three, four years maybe for Belichick, and he wants to have something in place. He has said in the past he never wanted to leave an organization in worse shape than what he found it, and he wants to make sure whenever he moves on, things are in. And this appears to be his plan that Matt Patricia, Joe Judge, neither one of them going anywhere. In fact, they're being groomed to take over this team a few years down the road. What do you make of that? I mean, I go to Fred's thing of like, Bill doesn't get to choose. <laughs> you know, it's not <laughs> Bill's decision to make. Uh, I mean, it, it, it sounds like. I mean, it sounds like it. It makes sense. Um, you know, logically, 
I don't know. I just don't know if they're if they're at that point. And I, I mean, I wish they were because I think it's a great question of what is the long, you know, range plan. If you know Matt Patricia defies the odds and has a great offensive line and his offense does really well and he's calling all the right plays and he can counter you know all the different defenses and everything they're going to throw at him this year and you know I mean I guess it would make sense to make him offense coordinator I'd also like to know though what's the parameters with the Lions who what are they paying him how's that whole situation work out are they able to you know are the Patriots being able to exploit a loophole right now and not pay him by keeping this kind of nebulous title thing going so um, I don't know. I just don't think that there's the like a long yes, range kind of plan like that. But um, but but I am curious what the long range kind of outlook is. You know, even in success this year. All right. So you want my um, yeah, you know, wackadoodle theory. I think that Mayo could go next year. Yep. Somewhere else, whether it as a head coach, he's gotten some interviews over the last uh, couple of off seasons. So I think that they could have. Matt Patricia move over to defense next year as the, the true defensive coordinator and uh, take that over. And then the reason that Joe Judge is calling some plays but not all of them is they're sort of grooming him to be the play caller next year. Bill's not going anywhere. So maybe that's why they're doing it Okay, this way. and that is wackadoodle. wackadoodle. But what else are you going to do I don't if know. Gerard Mayo leaves next yeah. year? What else are you going to do when you have no idea why they're doing something that no one's ever done? <laughs> <laughs> you come up with wackadoodle theories well as to why. Put. Yeah. Well as put. opposed to just saying, it's Bill, it's the right thing. But let like, me I could do that. I can be like the mainstream Boston media and just say, oh, it's the right thing because Bill's doing it. But let me tell you, for you know, for know, to Fred's point, in terms of Bill doesn't get to choose, <laughs> he especially doesn't get to choose if they do go 7-10 and 10 with this wackadoodle thing they're doing now. And then they switch it up next year and take uh, Patricia off of the offense and put him in charge of the defense because Mayo leaves, and they go seven and ten again. Then don't worry about don't worry about leaving things in place. We're bringing in a whole new regime. <laughs> well, that could happen. I but mean, it's it's, it's funny. I, I keep thinking about this a lot. It's it's almost simpler if they aren't successful. Like if they aren't successful, they're gonna you know blow certain portions up. Not you know not to say that that's like oh Bill's gone, but you know generally they got they'll have to probably do something different. But if they're successful, what are they like? That's it's almost more of like a problem if it works, you know. And how do we like? Could you just do this setup again next year and kind of have oh now the quarterback we're just gonna do it again this way? I I, I don't know. It's I I, I, I ultimately it matters what happens on the field and, and we'll see how it all translates. But it's just. I've said it before. I think Matt Patricia is in a really, really, really tough spot to be successful this year. I think so, too. Now, listen, I don't think this is going to happen. I don't think Bill Belichick's going to, you know, fall on his face and only you know, manage five wins, you know, this year and next year. But what would it take? What would it take, do you think, in order for ownership to say, you know what? It's just it's not happening. We need we need, you know, like some real significant changes around here and all this stuff that you're trying to do. I mean, what what type of. What type of record would it take in order for them to say, Bill, a huge part of this organization in decades, thank you for your service, but we're going to orchestrate this exit however you want to do it. You know, going back to that 10 wins or 10 losses thing, I think it would have to be more than 10 losses. Yeah. You know, you got to be somewhere in the five wins. You're looking at five and 12, and then you step back and you say, is this the guy that is – can he do it? Can he put it back together, or is he too old to do that at this and, stage? And would it be after only one 5-12 and 12 season? Probably not. Probably not. I think it would have – for him to get fired after this season, it would have to not only be a terrible record like that, 
but it also have to be a mess. Yeah. yeah. Like the players yeah. are saying, like, well, what do you expect? You know, we don't have an offensive coordinator. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that yeah. kind of stuff. Lost, loses the locker room. He, lo- he lost the players. Yeah. yeah. Like a lot of fighting and training camp and stuff like that. You know, stuff or like that. Or maybe not having the proper <laughs> amount of people on the field when plays are being run. Or not lining up properly on a kickoff. <laughs> Just a couple things off the top of my head. Just throwing them out there as things that would never happen. Right. 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 Of course. Yeah, like no, but I, I, I think it roll. would be more than just like a bad season. They lost a lot of yeah. games. It would have to like, and, and in fairness to Bill, he should, I don't think he should go under any circumstances otherwise. No, I think uh, it would, you know, it would have you know, to be catastrophic. They just, they just won 10 games with a rookie quarterback. Right. Like so he should be as secure as he's ever been in his job. And, and that's why I don't think it's going to happen. No, I don't right. even I don't I think, think it's I don't I think there's any chance. And that's why too like it's it's a little bit frustrating because you know we talk plenty about like the draft misses from like 16 to 19. Those you know those drafts were just they just didn't get what they oh, yeah. needed out of those drafts and now you feel like Couple kinda, drafts, kind of looking like this draft is pretty good. Kind of looking like this this draft and, and last draft are pretty good. It feels like they're starting to get the kind of players they need: a quarterback, a disruptive defensive lineman, uh, an explosive wide receiver. You know, like they're starting to put some pieces in place that are intriguing. But you've got all these coaching questions that, like, is th- are these coaches going to be able to mold it and get it back to where it was? Um, they a lot of them haven't done it on that the, their particular side of the ball. So that's just what's frustrating. You feel like you're starting to get the talent, and now you've got questions about the coaching. Uh, let's go to uh, Dexter in Santa Rosa. Dexter, what's going on? Hey, guys. Uh, real quick, uh, party. that last break was way too long, man. Way yeah, too long. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I heard you only work like two hours, so, <laughs> you know, that's, that's, that's true. too much. That's true. Uh, Thank you. So I have a weird, uh, how would you put it, Paul, like a, a wackadoo theory? Yeah, wackadoodle. Uh, yes. So I think that well I, i've been theorizing this what if bill belichick likes mac jones's uh football iq so much that he is using this season as a stepping stone to to have mac jones be the offensive coordinator on the field next year and what i mean by that is he's going to use patricia judge and himself as a guide this year to him to, you know, uh, maybe Bill calls in for the plays or, or something like that with the idea of, you know, the, we've heard it all off season of dumbing it down, making it simpler for the wide receivers. And, you know, the, the whole thing of how Mac Jones sees it like Josh McDaniels, he sees the game like him. Okay. I wonder if that is how Bill views him. And what are your guys' thoughts on that? If, he actually wants him to be like a Peyton Manning rather than a Tom Brady. Who, who wants it? Who yeah. wants it first? I, I can jump on it. Um, yeah, I hate it. That, 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 no, well, I think there's zero chance. Period. No, no, end, no, of, I, end of tweet. No, so, yeah, and, I, I think he carried it to a, an extreme, but I, I don't think it's that far off in terms of like I think this this offense is being built around Mac. Now I don't know if he's going to be the offensive coordinator like he put it, but I do think that it needs to be built around Mac so that Mac can take ownership of it like Tom had ownership of that last well, that, offense. That's you know? fine, but so I'm not going to the sense where he's the I offensive want coordinator. I, that's but want any well, part of the rest. Well, of I think making it around Mac though, so that. Implementing the game plan, I'm saying he's more so calling the plays on the field. Yeah, I don't really care. Like, like I don't want that either. But I, I don't like. To me, the offensive coordinator and the offensive staff in general is coming up with the game plan and figuring out how you're going to attack a team. Like what you're doing with plays, that's that's all. That's kind of worked out during the course of the week. 
like you you know how and, and you know and then you have to make adjustments and whatnot and, and figure out you know how to be successful once the game is is unfolding and you're seeing what the results are but i just think there's a lot that goes into playing like you can't like peyton manning wasn't the offensive coordinator of the, of the colts or the or the broncos now he was like brady and he was so entrenched in an offense that he knew it as well as anybody but they still had guys calling plays like mm-hmm. can he audible yeah he needs to have that freedom he had it last year talked about it. he's he's talked about it during camp but i just think it's it's a lot it's 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 a lot to to put on a quarterback to just say yeah you're going to run the whole show Especially, especially during games in the heat of the moment when you have to. That's when offensive coordinators, I think, really make their money is when they have to deal with the unexpected on yeah. the fly. Now, I agree with you, Mike. I, I want him to be comfortable in the offense, and I want the offense, quote-unquote, built around him. Your quarterback needs to have a kind of a say in how you're you're operating your offense. I, I, I think you have to do it that way. I appreciate it. Thanks, Dexter. Thanks for the call. I, just, I, I think there's so little chance of, of Bill Belichick either – abdicating some of his um, authority when it comes to the offense or even taking it away from Matt Patricia or whoever else might be running the offense next year to hand it over to, to Mac Jones, especially if they're still kind of working through a new offense and getting into it. Having some degree of autonomy when it comes to audibles, sure, I, I'm with you, Paul. He should have the ability to yep. do that like he did last year. But for him to even be like a de facto coordinator and out there and kind of like making the decision, no. No, I don't, I don't see it happening. Not... Not as early as next year. I just, I, I can't, uh, I can't, <laughs> I, I, I cannot see it. it. And I don't want I can't it. Do it. Like, I don't want, like, that. that's a lot. Like, I don't want him yeah, worrying right. about right. stuff that he doesn't need to worry about. Let me ask you this. Um, as, as we get closer and closer to kickoff here, and we'll see how these two uh, teams behave themselves on Excitement. the field tonight. Palpable. Oh, my God. Yeah, cut it with a knife. Um Anything good to take away from the chippiness of the practices this week? That was, you know, that was, there are two sides to it. Either yeah. like, this is, this is awful the way, you know, these, these teams are acting out here. And from a you Patriots, make an per- argument the other side, Patriots perspective, well, do you feel that way? And would you make that argument that there is something good to, to take away from the Patriots getting into five sideline clearing brawls over the course of two days? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that. You could make an argument that they showed good camaraderie and team, you know, sticking just, up for each other. Yeah, like good good teammates and whatnot. And they were, you know, they like Dietrich Wise. Like his reaction was like, "You're not going to do that to my guy and think that there's not going to be any repercussions," you know. Um, and, and the fact that the whole team was, you could make that argument. I, I, I tend to think that's probably a little overblown. I think when your team gets in a fight. You're gonna rally to the defense of you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I, I can't really imagine too many scenarios where, <laughs> like, people didn't stick up for their teammate. I, I can't really think of that. To me, it's kind of more undisciplined and, and troublesome. It was. It, it felt a little extreme, but yeah. I, as much as I want to say, oh, it's great to see them. It's just, it's just undisciplined from both teams, and it was, it was not enjoyable. It was just kind of an ugly scene at practice, and I just hope that today they'll, they'll. I'm sure all that stuff's behind them. and I hope so you know. because my, I, I did not take away anything positive from it, the camaraderie. Yes, if, if you got somebody who's hurt and they're standing over it, that one you can excuse. And by the way, my favorite question of the whole week was when we had Dietrich Wise on, and he said, that, and I said, oh, you know, when you're not involved in the play and then you – 
do you get that that nervous feeling in your stomach? Like now I have to go fight. Like am I going to be able to go handle myself? You know, because I get I that. You just see red and it's go time. I, I get that way too. It's like oh, I really don't want to do that. Um, I guess I'll fight you. Yeah, exactly. No, I don't think Dietrich Wise is afraid of anything <laughs> on this earth. But uh, you know, back to the point here. I I don't look at it as being anything positive. At you know, you're either. Uh, you know, instigating some of this stuff, which speaks to, you know, kind of an unhinged, unfocused, undisciplined mentality, or you're allowing yourself to be dragged down by another team that's starting these things, not a couple of times, twice on Tuesday. Do you think they got read the riot act Tuesday after they, after they got off the field and again on Wednesday before they head out, headed out? Yeah, I think they probably, um, I I think it was probably addressed, but I, and then I, to have it happen two more times on Wednesday? Right. Yeah, I don't it's know. It's crazy. I mean, it is hard to... Things happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it only takes, you know... I mean, and I think a lot of it was, um, you know, like like they said, it was a little bit of a misunderstanding. I mean, certainly, you know, it looked like initially that Wilkerson had been hurt and, like, you know, what it could have been almost seemed initially to the eye of a, rene- of a revenge scenario, that kind of thing. And so, I mean, you understand why everybody got upset but i think it also just speaks too to these are two teams that are you know i think younger teams trying to find themselves and you know it's 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 a little bit more scrappy i think they're a little bit more on even playing field than, than we might realize in terms of you know these are young teams that that aren't established and are and are trying to make their way and trying to show that fight warm-ups are happening right now uh and we're looking at the field right now who you got there deuce got i Ty can't montgomery tell. who uh there you go i think I, I i think he is he's, he's quickly shot ty montgomery to the top of like one of the coolest guys on the team like he just has like this cool calm about him uh, you know he doesn't really get too much into his answers but i think i think he's the the coolest new addition this year and we see mac jones as they would call him in baltimore out there on the field right now Ma- mac jones jones yeah um <laughs> As uh, he's getting his uh, stretching in, getting the warm-ups in, uh, presumably starting for the Patriots on offense tonight, hopefully going at least a couple of series so we can So what do they start with tonight? So Mac Jones is out there. Is it Parker, Myers, Aguilar with, like, John Smith and Damian Harris? Harris? Sure. I like that. Yeah. Could just. What What are you guys hearing on Hunter Henry? I don't. I just a couple of reports that it wasn't anything crazy, but I don't know. We'll have to see. If he, you don't if press he makes your ear up week. against the locker room or the trainer's room <laughs> while you're, no. you're hearing the bowels. We crazy? don't, and that's how I survive for twenty <laughs> plus years. I, I keep myself out of harm's way. But um, your you boy see. Jabril Peppers just showed up on the uh, yeah. on the pregame, I, Mike. I know you're looking to see. I, a little I'd really bit, like to see little him. Some, something from him tonight. I do, and as much as they have you know good safeties, and I like those guys, Adrian Phillips and, and Duggar and, and McCourty. I just there's something different to me about Peppers and, and what he does. I'd love to just see him. There he is. Uh, I just still can't get used to these these single digits for these guys, but um, but yeah, he just he just looks active. He looks involved. He looks like he knows what he's doing. He's directing guys around. He's vocal. Um, he just has a presence instantly on the defense. Just in the limited couple of days of extended work we've seen from him so far. Uh, let's go to Greg in California here. Greg, you're on the Patriots pregame social. What do you got for us? Hey guys, I was I've been listening this whole time pretty much, and I heard a question a couple minutes ago about would you be more surprised if they lost or won ten games? Yeah, and I was kind of surprised that you guys kind of being conflicted about that because I would think like last year everyone kind like you guys kind of said they overachieved last year because so many things fell their way but i'd say like the 
between the Dolphins losing that fumble, the Buccaneers missing a field goal, and the Cowboys, we realistically had every shot to win that game. I feel like we lost more games we should have won than the other way around. You, you think that you they should have beaten Tampa Bay and Dallas? They should have won those games. Yeah. If you, okay. like Dallas, you realize like Dallas had like, like almost 600 yards of offense in that game, right? Yeah, well, we got him to the point where if they no, didn't convert on No, I, un- I understand you could you could have won the game, but it's hard to say that you should have won a game that you got outplayed that badly in. Right? I mean, well, th- it's just kind of the nature of the Cowboys versus us where we kind of were disciplined enough to keep them out of the end zone while they were fumbling the game away. Yeah, so, and then you yes. threw a pick six and fell behind in the fourth quarter. But, Patriots um, looking very disciplined tricky. so far this preseason. Tricky know, discipline. Greg. Yeah. Look, Greg, I'm, I'm falling on your side of this, I think, by saying I'd be more surprised if they lost 10. However, I do not look at last year as saying, like, you know, they were a lot better than that 10-7 and seven record would indicate. I don't feel that and way they, at and all. they're also not better personnel-wise from what they were last year. We'll what? see if some of the guys that have come in, like Mike just mentioned Ty Montgomery. I don't know. Is he better than what they got from right. that spot is last Raquan year? McMillan better I, is Raekwon McMillan better than Dante Hightower? I don't know. Yeah. You know, maybe they are. But, like, they lost J.C. Jackson. Is Jalen Mills better than him? I don't, do you feel like they overachieved last year? I felt like they kind of ended up where they were. I felt like you know, they overachieved record-wise, but it was because of the reason that you said. Like, you know, they caught a couple of teams that I felt like on paper were better than them, but on that day they didn't have those. The, they didn't have that, the team on paper. You know, it was like they played a shell of what Tennessee was um, that, you know, got the number one seed. Maybe None of those guys played that day. I'll, uh, you know what, Deuce? I, I'll, I'll, I'll say a game. You know, we, we always say, it like, your record is, you know, your record reflects what your team is. I think I, I think maybe that was, like, more like a 9-8 and eight team last year, quite frankly. I don't know that they're 10-7. and seven. You saw what, what – what are you smiling No, I just laugh like, you know, 9-8, eh, and eight, not 10-7. and seven. Well, <laughs> seriously, the, the seven-game win streak in the middle of the season, did they, yeah. they're really the type of team well, that rattles off seven straight yeah. wins based on what but, you saw but uh, based against on Buffalo? The, no. But based on the seven games, like – and, and listen, I know this is like a loser lament on the other side. This is like what the caller was just doing. Like he's he's cherry picking all the games they lost and telling you how they could. Yeah, they could have won. They could have beaten Dallas. Like the game went into overtime. They could have won the game. Any, I mean, obviously an overtime game by definition is winnable. But to suggest that they should have won it. Like the seven games that they won in a row. Like you saw the other two games against Buffalo. In retrospect, take away your Patriots yeah, colored glasses. Right, right. If the weather isn't such that night, do you really think the Patriots would have beaten them on the on the first Monday no. night game? No, no. Okay, that was one of the seven games that they won in a row. If AJ Brown, Julio Jones, and Derrick Henry play against Tennessee, do you think that game may have been different? Yes. Yeah, like that. That's all I'm saying. I, like, and I'll give you those two. And I would say maybe the first Miami game. If they, uh, that's the only game I would say that they lost, that I maybe think they should have won. The other ones could have gone either way, but they absolutely you know, could have you know, won. The Titans that and game. the Bills. I mean, we, you know, were they going to? they going to lose to the Falcons? Even if they had everybody? Oh no, no, no. The, the rest, gonna, were, you know, the, the rest. They they the took care, they took care of the teams that they yeah. were better than. Yeah. So, but like they they Hardy's overachieved right. in that they beat two teams in Buffalo and Tennessee that probably are better than they are. Yeah. But the day that they played for different reasons, that didn't come to fruition because Tennessee, the entire team, I'm not even talking about the guys on defense that didn't play. The whole team had the flu. Like, literally, like their whole interior, the two defensive tackles and two linebackers didn't play either. Like, they literally were out without everybody. 
and then Buffalo. I'm sorry. Like if the if the other two games didn't happen, I would say, well, that's a loser. The weather's the weather. The weather's the same for everybody. But they played two other games where the weather wasn't a factor, and they didn't make them punt. Like they didn't make them punt in the two other games. Yes. I so my guess is you probably would have lost the game if, if the wind wasn't such a factor that night. Ironically, if it weren't for the wind, they would have been blown out. <laughs> oh. I'm with you, Hardy. Though. I'm with you, Hardy. I'm like, I could, see, I could have seen nine wins. I could see nine come on, eight, come on in. The water's yeah. fine in here. I could, I could have yeah. seen nine. Yeah. I, they yeah. had an easy schedule last year, and they took care of the Jets twice in Jacksonville and Carolina in Atlanta. Like, yeah, I could have yeah. seen nine wins. I think the schedule is a little tougher this year. It's definitely tougher. But the, then you do have a handful of those games where... And the AFC is tougher. Yes. Like, the, the, a- the teams have improved. The AFC is tougher, but if that, we're not circling wins, so we shouldn't circle losses either. And everyone's circling Green Bay as a loss. And let's face it, it's Aaron Rodgers, it's Green Bay, it's in Green Bay. That's a tough game. Could you see them having a, you know, a hiccup like they did early last year? Now, it didn't last long. Yeah. I think it was only one game for Green Bay. I when could they absolutely see that. They're a mess. But yeah. Right now, Green Bay is a mess. Green yeah. Bay just had, Rogers just had a meeting with his wide receivers where he, t- where he finger-wagged them all and told them all what they're doing wrong. Yeah. And so, yeah, I could see them having a, a, an early season slip-up. He's excusing right, himself right, in, the, in the middle um, of pregames to go uh, take care of the – get rid of the rest of the ayahuasca that's still in his system. <laughs> just going off of tonight, back to this game tonight, uh, Mark Daniels just tweeted out he hasn't seen Kendrick Bourne on the field. All ooh. the other wide receivers are out there warming up. So, um, I'm going under on Kendrick Bourne <laughs> touches. Yep, we all went under. Okay, good. Whoops. Uh, yeah, we all went Something under. Something interesting. That's interesting. All right. Um any other surprises you think we could see tonight? I mean, I don't know. I mean, is it is it mostly a a Brian Hoyer taking over for? Or is it is it a zappy yeah. night once Mac Jones goes out? What are, what are we going to see? That's a good question. Um, I, I mean, I would just be on the lookout for you know young, less proven guys playing early with the starters. You know, when you're like, is Marcus Jones getting out there in the slot with the top defense? It's good. Or, you know, are like. Uh, does you know does Trey Nixon get any any chance with with Kendrick Bourne out? Does he get does he get some run with Mac early on? Uh, anything that gives you kind of an indication that there's a young guy that they want to just see play with the starters to see how they kind of look in comparison with you know the actual top guys. That's uh you know we're looking right now Godshaw, you know any of those uh, you know Sam Roberts, LeBron Ray. Those get any of those guys get a chance up front? Any of those uh, you know players potentially making a push? here as you're getting into I mean you know we only got another what week of training you know it's not even training camp anymore really preseason so um that, that that'll be what I'll be looking for I don't know though Hoyer Zappy how they'll divide that up if Hoyer gets in the if Hoyer is indeed the second quarterback I think he will be if he gets in the game in the first half I think you might see some Zappy okay if if Mac plays the whole first half I think it might be might be Hoyer in the side. Well, is I it mean, unreasonable for us to want to see the first team offense, including Mac Jones, for an entire half of football tonight? Are, am I being a jerk in in requesting that? I don't think you're being a jerk. I, I just, I mean, I wonder what, how they feel about what we're going to get out of this playing against these guys. Like, are they going to get enough? You know, is it, is it as useful to play against second, third string kind of guys, or does that say, you know, what we're not really going to be able to get? the kind of quality pushback that we, we we need to really hone in on things so let's take a couple series and then we'll downshift maybe maybe they take that approach yeah i i mean i i, I don't get lost in the preseason stuff it doesn't it just doesn't like get me going like i, I mean what whatever they do i mean i'm sure there's like guys like hunter henry that are dealing with stuff and you know now they're saying that no one's seen trent brown like so are you going to be without both of your tackles Oof. 
you know, I'm not necessarily, um, you know, I, I don't have to have him out there any longer than he needs to be if, if, the, yeah. if both tackles are right. You know what I mean? For sure. I mean, because you're talking you got – he got Kajust, and then who? I don't know who the other tackle will be. Will Sherman, maybe? Like, Her- you know, Haran's been out. You know, are we talking about Hambright? I, I mean, playing tackle. I mean, he played tackle in college, but I, I don't know. This is what you're. This is what you're dealing with going into into this game. Of, you know, I, I mean, I would just say if Trent Brown's out, you got, you got to be careful with with Mac. Um, any reports on the kicking game? You know how I love uh, you know some kicker talk. Uh, <laughs> anything to report from what we've seen in camp? I think your boy Nick Folk looks exactly the way he has the last couple of years. Now talk I will me. also say that talk Tristan Viscaino has made yeah. virtually all of his kicks too. They both went four for five at the end of practice on Tuesday. You know, Folk did it on Tuesday, Viscaino on Wednesday. Um, the kicking game looks good. Okay. Well, that that's the most important part of the game. It Pencil them o- in. Pencil them now. It, get, it gets overlooked all the time, and it, it is this you know league wide um, discrimination against kickers. You know, I, I you agree. know, if you don't want to, led, led by me. If you if you don't want to take kicking out of the game, then forget about the extra points and the field goals. It's a huge part it's of the getting, game. I think they're getting close to getting that. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're basically legislated the kickoff out of the game, right? Are we getting close to two preseason games? How many years away uh, will this be our last preseason uh, show of the it year? It can't come fast oh. enough, but i got to say, right now I'm feeling three so much better than four. Like, I I'm think, just imagining oh having yeah. three more after this. I'm going to tell you like, right now, I agree. next oh. year will be the last year we have to do three preseason games. Yeah, I, I, my guess is there's a date. Uh, like a year in the CBA that allows them to revisit this stuff. Yes. And as soon as that, whatever that is, my guess is it'll go to 18 and 2. Right. You uh, have one game of backups, one game with your starters. Let's go. What else do you need? Yep. Come on, what are we doing? A couple of beers. Yeah, no beers, chili. Right? Yeah. All right. Uh, this has been a lot of fun, guys. Good show. Really good stuff. Good show. Thank you to uh, Augusta. L. Stone. Very good, Hardy. For joining us here from uh, Panthers.com. Tamara Brown, who went off to do her duties. Uh, Always good to to mix it up here. And uh, thank you to everybody who called in. We hope that you will join us for the Patriots post-game show um, after we conclude preseason game number two here tonight from Gillette Stadium. We'll talk to you then. Thank you for downloading this podcast. Subscribe on Apple, Google Play, and everywhere else you listen. Like the show? Please rate and review us. Listener comments and ratings help keep us high in the podcast rankings so new listeners can find us. Be sure to check Patriots.com for more news and more podcasts.